Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 142. I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me, we have a Talas and a Sare. What's going on, guys? Not a mucho. We I have, got an Amaro. I'm three levels away from an Amaro. So we're Can't getting very close. Can't you just be happy for me? No! <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe I'm kidding. I should get my bard above level 31 someday. <laughs> One of these days. No, congratulations. I'm, I'm very happy and I'm also Ooh. very mad. <laughs> I'll live. I, I've learned that apparently the Boston relics go a lot faster if you just do a cluster farming party. So I went and punched and speared things for justice. Yeah, they, they do go a lot faster when you do that. Um, use your essence items, people. Oh my gosh, you get so much stronger. Why does no one use their essences? They're so buff. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm, I haven't set foot in Boja in a while. I think I'm level 14 right now. So I have not yet gone into the new instance because you have to be 15, I believe. Nope. You just need to complete a cast oh, from Lapis Latore. What? Oh, no. What? To do, to do um, the Savage version, you have to be 15. Yes. But for regular type, you could do that. Yeah, as, I've, uh, I've done regular type many times. Okay. I just, I, I, yeah, I was thinking about the actual, you know, the, the 24 Savage man. is typically meticulously planned anyways. I have, yeah. I have been learning about this. It is involved. Yes, I have too, and I probably actually won't do much in there, but I figured it would be nice to have at least the right level. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, yes, punch and spear for justice. Yeah, I am currently uh, level 77 on my Astrologian. I just hit level 80 on my Black Mage tonight. And, uh, and if you wait long enough, Astrologian will be completely changed. No, I'm I'm gonna have it finished before 5.5 hits. So, fair enough. I also have to change our uh, our our title for the show because silly me, uh, I forgot to do that before we went. We live. didn't change it. <laughs> I wish they'd figure out what they want to do with Astro and do it because we've had three Astros at this point. Yeah, well, Astro is going to be turning into pure healer now, but I have to say my favorite is definitely uh, Noct Sect. So I, I love throwing those shields out and just like when I'm running through um, Praetorium, you like no damage. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would usually go uh, Noct Sect for trash and then uh, Diurnal Sect for bosses. I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up. Like if, if there's a, a white mage. In the party, I will go Noct Sec. If there is a Scholar in the party, I will go Diurnal. And if it's another Astro, I'll see what they do and I'll do the opposite. And then they see what you do. And you get to like the second boss of the dungeon or the second boss of the thing and no one has activated a thing. And everyone's like, Astros, what the hell? That's me. That was me like for the, the first uh, 40 some levels. No, well, you go first. No, you go first. No, I'm, I'm just saying I never turned it on. Yeah, <laughs> and I, or or use cards. I was a terrible Lastro. Then again, yes. I was just running. Yes, I was just, you were. I was running through the level, the stuff to get levels. I didn't care. But feel no. shame. No, nope. No shame. No shame. I right tried. here. You tried. Sorry. <laughs> Klaus is a DPS. I'm a tank. You're the healer. We're stuck this way. Sorry. Yep. 
I, I was just a green DPS. Deal with it. <laughs> That's how I play white mage. <laughs> so what else have you guys been up to the last two weeks? Uh, how deep do we want to go? Whatever you want to talk about. I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing. Um, it's fine. I actually didn't really care. I honestly didn't notice until like Tuesday or Wednesday that I was like, wow, I have a lot of spare time. I wonder where that came from. Um, but I've had a lot more energy and a lot more time to get a bunch of cool stuff done with the car business and figuring out what I want to do, because obviously I don't want to be a teacher abroad because I can't go anywhere right now. Yeah, but other than that, it's been interesting to kind of get to reevaluate my entire existence for like the 18th time this year. So that's neat. There you go. I taught a bunch of kids photography and then uh, had a homework club party where we played Jackbox games for two and a half hours, which turns Ooh, out nice. to be a little too long to play Jackbox games. No, there's never too long Hour to play Jackbox half. games. Hour and a half. At right. the very least, I did not need to be hosting the entire time. Like if one, I think next time we're going to set up so one of the other librarians can swap in for a bit. On the plus side, some of those kids are really, really good at Civic Doodle. So you were playing Jackbox 5? Uh, so let's see. The One of the rooms we were running, uh, Jackbox, I want to say 5 with TKO. Is it 5 or 3 that has T? One of them, it was TKO, and then the other was, uh, I believe, uh, 4. Okay. And that one we were do sw swapping off between Civic Doodle and Bracketeering. I still have yet to get uh, um, 7. I have all the others, and I plan on playing more of those, you know, in some of our upcoming, uh, you know, charity streams. There's some entertaining ones in there. Talking Points is really amazing if you've got the right set of people. That is the one where everyone is giving a TED Talk and someone else is acting as the person who controls your slides. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh sounds, that sounds great. Sounds yeah, people with some amount of improv skills make that game amazing. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun game, and like I said, a lot you can find them on sale a lot. So if you've got Steam and want to, you know, jump in on those to host with your friends, it's a good time. A lot of them support streaming really well, so it's a really nice oh, yeah. way to spend time with people. Definitely. And I got jabbed for the second time this week. Ooh, shot number two. And I got uh, sick for a couple of days from it. So that Yay, was fun. shot number two. But, that means uh, it's working. Yeah. It means it, it's doing something, but uh, yeah. I get mine on 420. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I get mine in about four, my second shot in about four days. Hopefully yes. yours doesn't uh, hit you as hard my as mine. My manager has already insisted that all of us schedule a sick day for the day after we get our shots. Yeah. My, the day after for yep. me was the worst. The second day was still kind of bad. Um, I had a lot of uh, uh, soreness. I think because I have pre-existing issues with joints and things like that, it mm -hmm. liked to attack that. So I went to the chiropractor on Friday, and oh my god, he hit all the right spots. <laughs> oh, it man. felt so good, but I mean... I used to go to one for a little bit after I had a car accident. Did they do the thing with like the heating pad and the electrical stimulating whatever type no, thing? No, mine does. He's got a little poppy gun thing, and then he'll do actually just crack your back really well, and he'll grab your head okay. and go, and you know just pop yeah. it just just right, and 
I mean, mine did like a heat therapy thing with like the uh, ten system, the transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation. I had a uh, the first Cairo I went to when I was having back issues. Tried doing some shit like that, and uh, yeah, he was more of a quack style, at least the mm -hmm. way he wanted to uh, charge. Uh, the fact that he did not want to go through insurance and wanted to charge me a thousand dollars for a uh, a therapy. Uh, Sweet, basically. Yeah, no. So. Mine was covered under the settlement from the guy who rear-ended me. Yay! I mean, I have to say, you know, that, that uh, electroshock massage felt okay, but just the fact that... I mean, and yeah. he took x-rays, which was kind of nice. But, the, you know, everything else about him was super sketch. I and, found out that I do not seem to have a maximum for the intensity on that thing. Like, it just feels so nice. Tingly. I gotcha. I do not want to know what that facial expression means, Talos. Sitting over here going, did any of y'all work in food service? Because the solution to this shit is four ibuprofen and some whiskey. Like, I don't know what the hell your problem is. <laughs> not while you're on the job, man. Um, baby, okay, I know enough about food service to be that, like, yes, on the job. Yeah, baby. Um, salsa. Okay. If they ask for salsa to the kitchen, it's not salsa. Huh. You got to remember the, the only food service job that I had was delivery driver. Oh, I've never worked in food service, but I have read a non trivial number of memoirs. Yeah, I mean, if you're working yeah. in a kitchen, that's probably a very different thing. Um, the but... entire kitchen is on uppers or downers or both. Both. Hey, it's this seven-year-old's birthday. Well, we're all addicted to Adderall, and everybody here has seen each other naked. Let's go clap for the child. <laughs> hey, hey, it's... You, can, you can sing happy birthday now. It's public domain. Oh, Yeah, my. we still didn't, though. We still didn't, though. <laughs> yeah. We would sing some weird re-lyric version of the, um, the Green Dragon song from Lord of the Rings. Huh. That's a new one. We oh. had a gamer and geek-themed bar. Okay. We had shots for all the houses in Game of Thrones. We had shots for all of the doctors from Doctor Who. We had some of the doctors that we liked a lot got actual drinks. We had a Ooh. burger called the Thrall War Chief. Uh, we had a chicken sandwich called the Lynx Revenge. <laughs> nice. Uh, nachos were called Dragon Scale Chips. Uh, for Star Wars Day, we had the asteroid belt from The Empire Strikes Back. It was meatballs covered in bacon bits. Uh, then the year that I didn't get a chance to run the menu, Brad did, and he decided he wanted to do frozen bananas as a dessert, but he wanted to do them as lightsabers. So he got a bunch of white chocolate and a bunch of gel food coloring. And let's just say if you want something that's bright green or bright red, that's not the way that you get bright green or bright red. That's the way that you get pastel green and pastel pink in banana shapes. <laughs> It did not go well, or it went amazing, depending on how you want to look at it. Not and the I was fuck? It was so good. So welcome to Phoenix Down Radio, a Final Fantasy podcast. Uh, yeah, we actually tried to do Final Fantasy stuff, and Square Enix shut us down, but Blizzard and Wizards of the Coast didn't care, so we didn't have any Final Fantasy stuff on the menu. Huh. <sighs> yeah, I suppose it's with the whole thing they were doing there, uh, um theme restaurants abroad and that exactly causes problems even though Square Enix was harder to deal with nintendo didn't care which was weird because you think <sighs> they would because it's yeah. nintendo 
but we were based in Washington State, and Nintendo staff, myself included, worked there. Hmm. So they were like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like, they're never going to overstep because all the actual Nintendo employees that are nearby won't let them, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I, I, if you want to go to a chiropractor, awesome, I'm just going to drink whiskey. <laughs> it's so much easier. Yeah, it depends on where you're working, though. I don't think my bosses would uh, look too highly upon me opening up my desk drawer, pulling out uh, some uh, Jameson and taking a couple of swigs. So. There are entire city statutes about this kind of thing. So you're both new. I can tell. <laughs> Says the youngest of the three. You're both new. I can tell. <sighs> anyway, let's go ahead and jump into some gaming community news because there's a lot to talk about. There's a crap load. <laughs> let's, Things happen. Let's start with a little Final Fantasy arcade news. We haven't talked about that at all, but uh, apparently the city of Final Fantasy arcade online servers were shut down as of April 1st. And no, folks, this is not a joke. Uh, according to Silicon Era, which I'm going to copy and paste the link here. So you guys have that. Uh, the city of Final Fantasy director Takeo Kujirauka. Kujirauka. And producer Ichiro Hazama have posted individual messages through the official The City of Final Fantasy website a day before the arcade game goes offline. Um, both the director and producer shared their experiences working on the game and thanked the dedicated fans of the The City of Final Fantasy series. Now, for those of you who played The City of Final Fantasy NT on PS4 or PC, uh, that will still have online capabilities for the foreseeable future. This only affects the actual arcade cabinets in Japan. I don't think Dissidia Final Fantasy actually ever expanded outside of Japan for arcades, did it? I don't Not think so, but I think I mentioned it during the pre-show. Uh, I don't know if we were online yet, but when I was in uh, Akihabara last year in February, they had a set of uh, Dissidia fighting machines just sitting on the floor of the arcade. Well. It's an arcade. Every machine that's there needs to make the money or show like they're making the money. They had all three of them in the middle of the sales floor, not turned on or plugged in. Hmm. They were just wildly, wildly unpopular. And this was a year ago. It's a little surprising. So the fact that they like had them even on the sales floor was a surprise. I also saw that in two or three different arcades. Uh, some had them turned on, but just nobody was playing them, and they were in kind of a dark corner. Uh, but yeah, the fact that they're shut down, I don't think honestly changed much. There just wasn't a lot of people playing it. Yeah. Um, also, apparently, back in December, when they announced the uh, servers were going offline, they also mentioned that they're going to be taking down the servers for Theatrhythm, Final Fantasy, All-Star Carnival on the same day. That was the iOS one, right? The no, mobile one? they're talking arcade as well. They had, oh, they, yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. Ar okay. um, arcade cabinets, and those eh. went down as well. Eh. You can still play them, you just can't play networked. Correct. So, like, if you still have the machine as your arcade, you can still hook it up, because I know I've played, like, Initial D machines that aren't hooked up to the Sega network or whatever. You can still have them, you just don't get access to, like, high score lists and international score lists, Leaderboards. Uh, patches, new yeah. songs, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's or, all like, the the PlayStation Store, I think, is taking PS3 and PSP stuff off. And, like, if you've got the games, they still function, but, like, 
you if there were any updates or like dlc you're not going to be able to get that you can't purchase anything new for them and you can't purchase the game after the stores go offline however if you own the game you can still re-download it if necessary yeah okay but yeah like i remember a lot of the disgaea games it's like oh hey like maybe if that dlc ever goes on sale and then i completely forgot about it and also it probably never did go on sale yeah, I'm thinking about actually picking up some of the uh, PSP versions of the Final Fantasy games and see if I can get uh, Vita versions before the servers go offline for that. I but will say really if you want the find. PSP version, I had a PSP Go, which is useless for discs, but whatever, through 650 meg disc is dumb. I had a PSP Go specifically to play Final Fantasy games mobile, and I downloaded all the PS3 and PSP versions in order to load them onto the PSP. The actual PSP store is gone. So I had to hardline my PSP into a PlayStation 3 that was hooked to a TV that was hooked to a network, Mm -hmm. download it to the PS3, install it to the PS3, copy it onto the PlayStation Portable. It's a process to get that at this point. Yeah, be prepared for the steps. Vita is a bit different, though. The only thing I ever cared about for the Vita finally showed up on Steam, so I'm good. I mean, uh, Persona 4 Golden. Yes. Yep, I've got that on there. Plus, I do have Final Fantasy 3 on my uh, Vita as well. So. So, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a bummer. Um, but some good news. Yesterday was the 27th anniversary of Final Fantasy 6. God, that's was... so weird. So good. I can't believe that, like, I see the meme every once in a while, what you thought Final Fantasy was 20 years ago, and it's like Final Fantasy, it's a screenshot of like five or six, and 20 years ago was Final Fantasy X. <laughs> it's like, they, oh! <laughs> yeah. But yeah. They did used to come out a lot more frequently. They did. Yes. I, mean, I kind of understand why they don't at this point, given how a lot of stuff has changed, but... Yeah, there's a lot more involved with the actual... uh a creation of a video game nowadays versus the way it was with a you know rom based games especially if you like back then there wasn't even the concept of a triple a title not really no final fantasy 2 came out 13 months after final fantasy 1 like just for scale like, yeah that's how long it took to come up with the theory and saga like it took a year but it shows it, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a great game at initial release same with final fantasy 3 no. and mean, like that's the thing is that you look at 2 and 3 and honestly even 5 and you go wow these were a mess yeah they were because they were under pressure at the time to crank games out now they had access to we're gonna push this game back so far that the entire life cycle of the playstation 3 will play out before we come up with Final Fantasy Agito versus 15 or whatever the hell it was by the time they were done. And on some level, people will still be okay with it. Yep. We got Type Zero in the meantime. We got Theater Rhythm a couple different ways in the meantime. We got Dissidia a couple different ways. Yeah. There's a lot Final more Fantasy. like side projects and the like as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, 15 took for frickin' ever. Um, 16... We're still we're looking at what uh, six years now, five six years between fifteen I'll and sixteen. Say, I'll Time's- like on. I'll wait five years for a solid game. I'll wait longer for a really really solid game. Yeah, 
But if I'm going to get copy-pasted ROM stuff like the NES and SNES era, no, I want that shit every 18 months. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's I mean, not that hard. When you're looking at iterative games like that, then yeah, you need to pump something out either annually or semi-annually. I mean, look at the Call of Duty franchises, Battlefield, you know, those are annual games with very minor changes between every other release because I think they're, they use two different developers to uh, bring those yep. games out. Need for Speed does the same thing. There's yeah. one that's more hyper-realism and there's one that's more arcadey and every other year depends on which one you get and you can tell which one was designed by people that still think the second Fast and the Furious movie was the best one and which one is designed by people that like racing games. But yeah, it's they're decidedly different and you get one every year, but you get a different one every year. But yeah, if you're looking for and something I'll, that's going to be really, you know, changing the book, you know, it's going to take yeah. some time. Also, yeah. I'm ostensibly an adult now and I just have less time for things. So having stuff be a bit more spaced out is OK. Damn True. you, adulthood. Anyway, ostensible, ostensible adulthood. Anyway, getting back to the tweet, I, I, I copy pasted their uh, their tweet from yesterday. It says. 27 years ago, we first climbed into Magitek armor and journeyed through the snow. Join us in saying happy birthday to Final Fantasy VI today. Who thought suplexing trains, meeting an octopus, and performing in an opera could be so fun? We hope he didn't leave Shadow behind. <laughs> yeah, just like the entire opera sequence. I was so like, oh my gosh, a game can have this in it? It was mind-blowing. Yeah, it was a good we game. We used the combat system to tell a story. Like we were getting narrative instead of getting, here's the combat, here's the puzzle, here's the story, here's the combat, here's the puzzle, here's the story. It was, you're in combat and we're gonna have dialogue. We're gonna have Edgar explain why seeing magic is so important. We're gonna get the backstory, part of the backstory for Gao. Like, and this is in battle. This we're gonna have battle. a comedic back and forth between the giant octopus and our party. Sure. sure. Why not? What? Are, why not? What's going to stop us? We can do whatever we want. A giant uh, <sighs> anvil. That's what's going to stop you. Yeah, it was too heavy. He couldn't push it. Push it real bad. Nope. <laughs> All right. Somebody time out Sarah, please. <sighs> Slash ban. <laughs> S-E-Y-R-R. There we go. All right, let's keep moving on because we have a lot more news to discuss. Yeah. In Final Fantasy XI news, the uh, um, it's been official that uh, the Final Fantasy XI mobile reboot has been canceled. <sighs> so it's been this. so long since we heard anything of note about it anyways. All right, now this is a uh, article from a Japanese website. If you click on it, you would have to actually go through and uh, hit the translate button. Um, or no Japanese. You're allowed to know Japanese. That's true. If you know Japanese, more power to you. Um, but apparently, Nexon President Owen Mahoney revealed that the long-awaited Final Fantasy XI-R project was officially canceled during a financial conference call on February 9th. Um, both Nexon and Square Enix determined that the game did not meet the quality standards expected by fans of the Final Fantasy series from a creative perspective. So... Oh man, last thing they need is to have another MMO tied one have a disastrous launch. Especially one uh MMO based off of an MMO that is almost 20 years old. Uh, yeah. 
there's so much potential for 11 and they just aren't doing anything with it yeah but they are still doing stuff with 11 because we just got the final fantasy 11 april update (laughs) this is the weirdest newsletter to find in my email every month i'm like I understand most of these. Why does I do I still get this one? But I can't bring myself to unsubscribe. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I just want to be like, all right, it's a Final Fantasy Eleven update. I'm not 17 anymore. Like <laughs> I play this again, but I kind of want to just know that it is continuing to do stuff out there. Yeah, the the game mechanics are just too foreign to me right now to be able to jump into easily. I mean. Nicknar still plays it on a regular basis, but it's like if you have an amicable breakup and it's like, you know, they're not going to be in your life anymore, but you kind of wish them well. And every once in a while, you'll look them up on Facebook to make sure that they're still doing okay. But you don't actually want to talk to them. Naughty the fuck. Nah, man. Sorry. I want you to have dinner. I just don't want it at my table. Once we done, we done. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So there's a whole bunch of cool stuff to uh, to, to look forward to for Final Fantasy 11 April update. Um, go ahead and click yeah, on that link if you want to learn more about updates. it. Mm-hmm. It's the last update for the uh, the Sandoria story, apparently, but don't know what they're going to have planned for the next uh, release. They've got pl- like if they're going to have this going through all the various nations and personalities and whatnot, they've got a lot they can use. All right. So weird. Now, Final Fantasy fourteen news. Apparently, there was Buckle a live up, letter Buttercup, last there's night. There's stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a bit. So, Live Letter 63 was yesterday morning. I did not watch it. Because we know we have a lot of amazing people in the community who are doing live translations and uh, doing some great summaries. And this I was time, technically awake, but I did not watch it. This time, My sleep schedule's been kind of broken lately. We have uh, Nova Crystallis to thank for their uh, for their summary of this. So go and check them out if you want to uh, see what they wrote. Um, but we did get a new trailer as well, and did you guys check that out? Yes, I, the trailer looks oh, intense. Yeah, that's, that's one way to, to look at it. <laughs> it looks intense in the way that I'm just like... This is definitely the end of this expansion. Like they're wanting to make sure that we know that going mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. Cause I they're do... kind of, they're scaring us. There's a little bit of it. That's just scary, but in a good way. Yeah. It's kind of weird that uh, this entire story is this, this is not going to actually finish until 6.0. So, I mean, we have a lot to look forward that's to. Weird. They're going to leave us on another cliffhanger. You know, all, please all look out. forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the beginning of the final act sort of thing. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess technically this last one was the beginning of the final act. All right. There's a link to the uh, the um, trailer out on YouTube. You can check that out later. We'll also have it linked to the show notes for those of you listening out on the podcast. Um. So yeah, patch five point five part one releases on April thirteenth, twenty twenty one, which coincides with the PS five beta. Oh, I'm excited for that. I was going to say, do you have everything up through yes, current on PlayStation? Okay. I, I have uh, everything through current on both PS uh, and uh, PC. 
Okay, so I knew that you primarily played on PC. So I do, so. yeah, but I'm I keep it up in case I want to jump over or like I have if I need to, it's there. Okay. Or if somebody wants to uh, try it out, I can you know send them in on another character. Gotcha. You know I've got a few alts that I have created on different uh, data centers, so. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, and then part two will release at the end of May. So. Um, so they're, they're dividing the main scenario quest up into two parts, and uh, in 5.5 part one, they will be uh, releasing the instance dungeon called um, Pogglethon? Pogglethon. Yes, this one goes this one goes way back. This is a place we've known about since 1.0. Much like Zelfatal is the uh, Ixal homeland, Pogglethon is the Amalzah homeland. Okay. In as much as they have one, given that they're a nomadic peoples. Okay. Um, they're going to add the final chapter to the Sorrow of Whirlet. Interesting um, thing on that one. Uh, some folks were pointing out with the Japanese fight names, the previous ones were named something that translates to like Ruby Weapon Destroying Operation or Emerald Weapon Destroying Operation. But this time the new one is more like Diamond Weapon Capture Operation. Ooh. That could be so fun. There's a bit of, yeah, there's a bit of speculation about how maybe this one won't end in the tragic death of some war orphans. Maybe. So we can only hope. You know, it would be nice if we could figure out how to stop the Oversoul from taking over. That would be nice. I'm sure Gaius would appreciate that. Yeah, maybe if, like, not all of his adopted children get, uh, suicided. Because one out of four ain't bad? Question mark? <laughs> that poor bastard just had a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, new... New trial, the cloud deck, will be will be added to include uh, normal and extreme difficulty, and that cloud deck will be fighting diamond weapon. Yeah. Um, they'll be adding chapter three to the Yorha Dark Apocalypse uh, saga, you know, for the whole near Automata collaboration. Now, I think the I only did the second one like twice. Oh, I did so it. I have no idea. I did it a few times. You'll probably want to run it here. We can. We should probably try and get together and run all of these just to kind of remind the story. Promise the, I cannot promise I will not sing along with the boss thieves because those are goddamn bangers. Oh, they are. But those boss fights, holy shit. Creepy I, AF. I may, have, I may have been listening to like a couple hour long uh, loop thing of, what is it? Uh, the Maker's Ruin, the Dark Colossus something devours all like they just know so they're good songs on their own and then they just go together so beautifully oh you're so cute sarah i had a friend that <laughs> loved 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 near but had doesn't have time to play 14 she has a kid you know self single parent she's a little busy and i said well have you seen you know what we did and i like played through the dungeon she was able to watch while she was hanging out one time and she goes wait what is this music as we got to Weight of the World Prelude? <laughs> and she just about lost her mind. She was like, this is what you do as a hobby? And I'm like, yeah, dude, this game is fire. Yeah. And she had completely forgotten because the last time she saw 14, she saw me playing it on PC over Wi-Fi trying to beat Titan hard Ooh. as a I'm monk at thing. current content. That's the last piece of 14 content she saw, and then she watched the fucking near raid. <laughs> a lot of happened since then. 
Yeah, it was a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> Just a little bit. So yeah, we've got that coming. The, uh, the title of the third alliance raid to accompany it is The Tower at Paradigm's Breach. So that looks yeah, like some interesting fights. I think the tower is the like last segment of Nier Automata. The Paradigm's Breach thing, I don't know if that's a term from there, or if that's something that's added for whatever weirdness is going on with the FF14 crossover. No clue, I didn't actually play Nier. Yeah, huh. I was gonna say I I wanted to like find somebody that had actively played near and be like, hi, please come on the podcast and explain what the hell is going on. But uh, then it took so long to get all the near content. It's like maybe we just don't bother. I know a couple people who I could poke if we want to do that when it comes around. If we want to get maybe some full explanation as to what the hell is going on there. Um. So yeah, there's gonna be some job adjustments. Um. Uh, Feast Season 18 will be ending, and uh, Season 19 will begin on April 13th. Oh, they did mention for the job adjustments that these ones are going to be kind of a smaller scale ones, because they are planning large scale ones for the uh, actual release of Endwalker. Yep, that, that makes sense. Uh, patch 5.55 will update the Save the Queen uh, with new content, so we're gonna still... everything in... Boja is going to be current until 5.55, which is probably going to be the May uh, release. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got a bit more time for that Delubrum Regine. Yep. Uh, the Unreal Trial will be swapped with a new one. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a minute. Um, crafters and gatherers will get more challenging expert recipes. Um, maps opened via the gathering log will indicate areas where gathering points appear. And a listing of fish to release at fishing holes will be added. So there's going to be a That's lot of quality of life stuff. Go ahead and toss these back. Hmm? I mean, the real power play is to recognize which one it is from the tug and then just not catch it. But this is a good second. Well, I mean, it, it, it's nice to see you know, to, that we can know where to gather things and where to catch fish. I mean, without Dude. having to look it up on another site. Before the exclamation animation thing, I could identify fish by sound alone. Uh, see, there were still uh, multiple fish that uh, hit on each of the different tugs, though. Yes, but like the, even with the different ones, there were like slight differences in it, and also the amount of time it took to bite. Mm, I'm Sarah, and I know what fish is hitting by the way it did. Oh, I'm Sarah, and I've <laughs> wasted my life. <laughs> You don't have to agree that readily. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with anything. You're just stating a fact. <laughs> I'm just rolling with it, man. I mean, uh, when what you say, you know, Sarah, is, is, is correct, um, there's no arguing with uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Even this, if it is self-deprecating. These are more changes that are intended to make it accessible to people who do not spend so long trying to catch a navigator's brand that they can tell the difference between all of them based on the timing and yeah. the tug. For the non Remember when we gave Chili shit because he was so mad that they upped the amount of damage that Monk did and made positionals less important? This is that with fish. <laughs> Except I'm not mad. Like, this means there's more people hanging around fishing holes and we can have chats. Oh god, he's going to convert everybody. 
like the no, like uh, you see, like you gather anything for a big fish. You'll see a lot of the people who you saw before. You check in on how each other's doing. One of them ended up inviting me to a blue mage link shell just because we ended up hanging out for fishing enough times. Fair. Fishers are a little bit nicer to each other because we know who the actual enemy is, and it is God. It's a heaven's word fish! How do I still not have it? You somewhat cut off because you were smashing at your 7 desk. 7.08 p.m. Pacific time, Sarah had an aneurysm. <laughs> I... <laughs> Stupid fish. Tell us how you really feel. Oh, it, it's a stupid fish and I want it to die. Show us but on the doll where the fish touched you. <laughs> on my hook, so I get the cre catch credit. <sighs> Moving on. <sighs> Moving on. The firmament will periodically hold a Skyrise celebration in honor of its restoration. That's going to be kind of a neat thing. I imagine that'll also be an opportunity to do some more of those, like, building fates and things like that. So it doesn't end just because the actual rebuilding stopped. Yep. A uh, new custom delivery client will be added. Charlemagne de Durandar. Huh. So We've seen a bit of him uh, with the actual firmament quest. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of them where, especially as you're going around, bringing the new people to the markets, all stuff like that. We've been getting to know him a bit. He's a little bit of a rival of some of the others, but we've been kind of turning that rivalry into a bit of a friendship. So having him be yet another person that we're working with, it's, kind, it's another step in the evolution of Ishgard into this place where all of these factions that were once at odds with each other are starting to work together towards a brighter tomorrow. It's a nice capstone to that. Sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> the real way we defeat our enemies is by turning them into friends. Sure. The real final boss was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> and then killed at the end. No. I mean, that I, there actually are one or two games I can think of where that is the case. Like, you can choose an ending where the real final boss is the friends you made along the, at, along the way. This one I was already still not buying a house there. Yeah, agreed. I don't want a house in a snowy stone castle thing built by amateurs. Forget it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Some of us were very talented amateurs. Nah. I mean, I'm mostly just going to see what plots open up in the lavender beds. Yeah. We have. Bannon has his in the goblet, and it's like. Everybody decided to make Paisa houses. And oh, so there's God. this weird there's this weird dichotomy of people that like the Paisa house and people that hate the Paisa house. So there's a bunch of them all over the place, and then a bunch of people have mounted cannons on stuff so that it's pointed over their walls in every direction. That is the so correct we can shoot. That is the correct action to take when you see a Paisa house. Correct. See, so people, we have this war. This passive aggressive war of decor going on. And I'm like, this is housing. This is what I'm after. See, people ask, why would I want to live somewhere with a homeowners association? And it's because so you don't get shit like this. <laughs> I kind of want to decorate my real house as a Paisa house now. Like either everyone has a Paisa house or no one has a Paisa house and no one needs to have a cannon fired at them. What's the fun in that? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Depends on which side of the cannon you're on. All right, so they're going to be making some triple triad adjustments. Um, uh, 
would adjust the use of four-star cards in decks, and acquisition rates will be adjusted. Uh, a reward will be added for obtaining all Triple Triad cards in patch 5.55. About bloody time. With the way the uh, deck design has worked, there's pretty much no point to using a four-star card, because exactly. you're limited to one card above three-star, and you might as well use a five. Exactly. There's no four-star card that uh, is worth using if, if you've got any decent five-star card. Yeah, I, I'm guessing they may use something like the, uh, something similar to what they've been doing with the open tournaments. More than likely. Where that one has you with one card at each rank. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Um, though, I mean, it would be kind of nice if we were able to utilize our best cards, though, in like a, a full-on open-style tournament where it's best yeah. on best, you know? It would be interesting to see if they do start offering, like, maybe as a specialty tournament, they just want with, like, no restrictions, yeah. Because, I mean, the NPCs don't have to play w with our rules. Well, yeah, but that's because they're stupid, and you can confuse them by just putting the thing in the middle where they're not expecting it, and then they play all sorts of weirdness around it, and then you uh, plus reverse them into flipping the board. The plus rule is my jam. Mm. Plus rule is good. I don't like those because I usually end up screwing up somehow. <laughs> you anyway. have to do stupid math where you're like four and six and seven and three and I double flip these two and then I get the one in the middle, but then I lose it and the only way to get it back is to beat my A side, which I can't, so I have to beat the three, which is on top of it, which I can't do because I have... You yep. usually don't have to do that far ahead against uh, computer opponents. Yeah, when you only have like 15 cards, you gotta get real strategic though. Yeah. Sounds like someone needs to run more dungeons or get more MGP. No, that's pretty much all I have is the dungeon ones. I have put like zero effort into actually getting cards this whole time. Yeah, that's fair. Let's see. Current card count. Yeah, let me uh, double check. While Sarah I'm looks that now. up, I will go ahead and continue on. I think you're ahead of me. On, I think I'm at about 180. I can't look right now, but I can look later. Most of the ones I'm missing are actually trial cards. Um, Explorer mode will be updated with level 70 dungeons. Level Ooh, sync wait. and item level sync can now be disabled and instruments will be enabled. So very cool. So we can go play in some of the the uh, um, Stormblood dungeons now. Yeah, I kind of want to take a look out at those uh, cliffs on the Temple of the Fist now that I'm not running through trying to dodge shit. I feel like that's going to be some really beautiful views. Also, the Swallow's Compass. I like never go to the Swallow's Compass anymore. Yeah, Swallow's I, Compass would be good. There's a lot of really good dungeons, especially for the people that like doing photography. I feel like you could get some interesting effects out of the burn. I feel like people are just too traumatized, but I think there's a lot there to work with. Dude, the burn was awesome. I spammed the shit out of that place. <laughs> it's just, you hope 11 you, minute run. Go, go, go. You just hope you had somebody who could uh, didn't uh, totally uh, spaz out at the last boss. <laughs> uh yeah i actually hilariously i ran with warrior astro because i had an astro that just had a fucking notebook with every single like if then what card play to do at all times and was crazy good at it hmm. so we would just go in and just crush the crap out of it and hmm. literally i think our top time was 10 minutes and 58 seconds or something insane okay Damn. All right, I'm going to keep going because we have a lot more to cover. More things! Uh, new indicators for bonuses while ocean fishing will be updated. 
A uh, new instrument will be added to the performance feature in patch 5.55. Um, a new reward for obtaining all the trial mounts in the patch 5.x series will be added. So that's it's our like, usual Kieran, Firebird, whatever. It's going to be a, a Mecha Dragon. I think oh. they showed that in the last live letter. Yeah. Um, new prizes added to the Gold Saucer. Thank God I have something to spend some MGP on. I'm only at... 9.2 million right now. Please, <laughs> dude. And I've bought all the cards, all the mounts, all the minions, almost all the glamour. All the gear, all the emotes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I think I have all of the pack cards, too, that I can buy. So, I have to double check, but... Anyways. Yep. Uh, we get it. You got an MCP. Yep. Uh, hotbar slots can now be saved when editing an active set of Blue Mage actions. That'll be nice for people who Blue Mage be able to switch around those parts and set up those ones a lot more easily. Speaking of Blue Mage, I've started doing that up again because, well, I, I need to gain more of the, uh, the memories for the uh, second step. I decided mm -hmm. to, I moved my, um, dancer weapon on to the second phase, and now I'm wor working on another one again, so I just need to keep going. I figured... Well, actually, Blue Mage works pretty great for running in the uh, um, the Heavensward uh, zones. Yeah. Especially since mine's only level 53 now. I gained two levels today. Nice. <laughs> uh, cluster farming in Bosda is a really good way to gather those, by the way. Yeah, but like I said, anyway, I, I need to get more luck. I, I really should get yeah. that up there yep. as well. Yours is doing double duty, uh, so it's like, and yep. it's a little bit of a less intense way in some ways. Yeah. So, and I don't want, I don't want to bring my uh, Astro into Boja because I'm not very good as a healer class. So I'd rather do something a little bit yeah. more easy. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Uh, achievement rewards can be directly accepted from the achievement list, so you don't have to go to Jonathan. No one ever spoke to Jonathan again. Oh, poor guy. Uh, collision detection will be updated. Loading times will be sped up on all platforms. Gotta it's like about that. damn time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, PS3 limitations and all. Yeah, we don't <laughs> have to deal with that. We haven't had to deal with that for almost four years. I know, it's a joke. Um, an option to use the high-resolution UI will be added to the Windows version. Very nice. A pricey new mount will be added to be available to purchase in-game using Gil. How, how pricey? Yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that. I mean, are we talking a billion-dollar uh, mount? Es posible? I mean, there are people who have like billions of gill. Like they'll have nine yeah, nine 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 on their character, on their retainers, all all ten of them. Do they need a gill sink that badly? Um, maybe. I mean, I'm sitting on a hundred and fifty million right now, I believe. Ninety-four. Twelve. <laughs> Well, I guess I've been saving up a lot. You know, put I put a bunch into the uh the free company chest. Plus I've got I'm sitting on I think Ten and I have about uh, I got a few million sitting on retainers. So, but yeah. I think I would I think I would break a hundred if I had not full max melded my crafting and gathering gear. Yeah, that gets expensive. Um, arrows showing which direction the target is facing will be added to all target rings. Hmm. Hmm. Useful not just for 
not just for positionals, but for things like being able to identify where the breath weapon is going to come from. Yeah. Be kind of nice. So that's the rough overview. Now there's a little bit more explanation for everything. Um, yeah. Uh, so with uh, so they showed off some stuff with the, the diamond weapon fight. Um, with this, they showed the target marker that they, has been updated within there. It looked pretty interesting, they said. Um, let's skip the Ishgardian restoration portion of it for now, because that's... Oh, I know Sarah probably is interested in that. Uh, so like, like we said, the Firmament will periodically hold a Skyrise celebration in honor of its restoration. During these periods, locals will hold fates. Uh, these celebrations will take place approximately every two days. Uh, first, a 24-hour celebration takes place, followed by a two-day break, followed by another 24-hour celebration. The fates themselves will be held every two hours, so 12 within a given celebration period. Oh man, no need, more needing to wait until like 3 a.m. because that's when the next phase advancement is happening. So I wonder, is this what's going to, uh, will we be able to get uh, uh, Sky Builder scripts with those? Almost certainly. That'll be nice because I basically skipped out on it because it was always held at the weirdest times. I mean, you get a lot more just from like crafting and turning stuff in. But... Also, the crafting stuff was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they made it so you couldn't use a rotation and you had to actually pay attention to what you were doing. Exactly. I got better shit to do. Amateurs. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, it'll be a nice way for me to actually catch up and get some of the items that I wasn't able to uh, get through the uh, other ways, like Sarah, because Sarah's super fancy and loves to craft. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to munch on some bread here. Of course you are. I will say, like, as somebody that doesn't like crafting and gathering, I I wouldn't notice if it left the game. But I do like that it's there because there are casual players that do need something to do. And the fact that we have people that are role playing, that are crafting, that are gathering, that collect all the fish, that collect all the cards, that spend an unhealthy amount of time adjusting the market board <laughs> using their whims. <laughs> like, you can do that. You can also go dungeon grind all day long. You can also do extreme trials and have a static. Yeah. Again, it's an MMO and it's a huge one. If you want to craft, go craft. I will see you elsewhere because I'm not interested, but oh it's God. cool and I'll buy your shit for sure. Yep. This came up in a couple of discussions I was having with people just today about the fact that there's like kind of multiple different end games to appeal to different types of things. There's not just one of like, okay, it's the high end rating or it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Yep. There, there, you, right. you got the raiders, you've got the craft. I mean, the crafters end game content, I would say is uh, just as difficult. I mean, because it requires a lot more thinking and precision yeah. and it a lot a of luck. Yeah, it is a much more like kind of cerebral one. The Raiders, there's definitely a lot of like being able to like read what's go figure out what's going on on the battlefield on the fly, devise a plan. Like they're both difficult, just in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then there's a the stuff for the people who just really love the grind, who like the endurance fest. And yeah, we have things like Bosja, like Eureka, which are very similar in they are very grind heavy. They are very time consuming. We have the ability to just. Go craft, make a bunch of money. We have the ability to play with your friends and figure out what end game looks like later. And all of it works and all of it's fun for the most part. Lay out furniture and intersect it just right so you create some kind of modernist architectural paradise. 
clip the cannon into the wall balanced on top of your fountain so you can shoot the Paisa house. <laughs> well, take a look. At I wanted to cosplay as selfie, but a dude earlier today, and both players had things to do in game for an hour. Like, eh, you got somebody to play your game for an hour. What they did could be anything. <laughs> could be anything. Yeah. Take a look at one of the FF14 housing subreddits sometimes. You see people who are like making things in game. It's like, how is that even possible? Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. I think was it, uh, people were making like bedrooms and stuff inside the large mansions. Uh, people have made Airbnbs in their large mansions upstairs. Uh, people have made bathhouses. Somebody made a restaurant in an apartment once with like actual food that you could eat um, in an apartment, not even a house. Like, it was nuts the amount of stuff people can pull off in this game. Yeah, and not just that, but as I said, like, making, like, actual modernist architecture-type things, which doesn't seem like it should be possible with the components we have. Yeah, you, you can even create a podcast set in your house. <laughs> <laughs> or a play! How oh, about a play? That's a thing with we've With fully featured, uh, um, uh, everything. I mean, you've got a whole bunch of lighting, rigging, um ways specialized to enter. Stuff so they had specialized stuff so they could have people lie in particular positions on the stage which wouldn't normally be supported oh, man like they had beds placed just under the stage so that when people were hitting the mark they could be like lying down and in position on the stage or that that whole elevator thing that that they showed us after the fact holy yeah, crap in order to move around backstage and get into your place in time <sighs> insanity all available in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> yeah, Sign like up so today. Join one of join the twenty two million players. Yes, oh that God, was a is thing. Is this the new Great Shadow Legends? No, they they did no. announce that there were twenty two million. Um, no, are not I, subscribers, but active accounts or created accounts, mm -hmm. whatever that they, yep. whatever their I mean, thing is. I mean the little advertising spiel thing because yeah. I've seen several people doing the whole like. Play zero to sixty for free and the yada yada yada. It's like, oh god, it's a new Raid Shadow Legends jingle thing. Raid Shadow Legends, not no. a sponsor, <laughs> not a sponsor, and never will be. Um, if they pay enough, maybe. Fair <laughs> enough. I got paid to play Shadowverse, and it almost wasn't worth it. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, these fates will be competitive events for crafters and gatherers, similar to fates. So, F E T E S versus F A T E S. Uh, yes, I really love the name. Just like fate presence can depending on your participation rating with fabulous prizes. I mean, like the word uh, fate in this context with that spelling and with that accent mark does mean a celebration or festival. And it has the same pronunciation as the one we're already using. So I was like, good job, you clever bastards. <sighs> All right. PlayStation 5 version. This is one I'm excited about. They showed off a little bit of that during the, the live letter, which is pretty freaking nice. So the PlayStation 5 version of Final Fantasy 14 will feature faster loading times and will be 4K compatible. Uh, you can choose between 4K, uh, QHD, 1440p, or Full HD, 1080p resolutions. Higher resolution UI assets have been added to accommodate these higher resolutions. Um, haptic feedback via DualSense controller will be added, as well as additional trophies and 3D audio support. 
I'm actually excited for that. Um, if you haven't, I've kind of talked about this a little bit in a stream, but if you haven't yet experienced haptic triggers on a PlayStation 5 controller, it's really freaking neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's PS5 is on my to-do list. I'm honestly probably going to wait for a Need for Speed title. No, I mean, it's just because I want I want to see what the triggers feel like on accelerator and braking. It's really cool. I mean, it, it literally I mean, it changes based off of where you're at in the game. So it it's really, really neat that way. Uh, it, if you get a chance to play, um, uh, what is it? Astro's Playroom. Um, that's a really good primer into how the PS5 works, and it sh really shows off the technology well. Um, anyway, continuing on, uh, the open beta is planned for Tuesday, April 13th, once maintenance for patch 5.5 concludes. For current PS4 players, you can download the PS5 upgrade edition. New players should download the PS5 version of the free, free trial. Details will be posted to the Lodestone later. Uh, and Yoshi P advises that you save your UI customization server side first. So make sure to upload your, your, your config so you don't lose it. Because once you make that conversion, you cannot go back. Correct. Nope. Um, so when they talk about... One Direction, the, just like we did with the PS3 and the PS4. Uh, I think you may still be able to play the PS4 version. I don't think it's going to block you off of it for now. Maybe? I mean, this is a beta test now. This is not the full oh, version. The, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think for the beta test. I think it like... Yeah, I'm not even sure. I, I mean, that would be a mistake if it would lock people off of the PS4 version, especially if there's a major game-breaking bug that yeah. was still in it. It might be something where it like kind of like copies profile data over so it doesn't uh, change your current live server stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, if, if there is an issue with the PS4... I, I would say if there's an issue with the PS5 version, you'll probably still go back to the PS4 and play that, or actually, it's probably going to be an entirely different installation, so you'll probably have two versions installed on your PS5. Which, holy crap, that's going to take a lot of space. I want to say... Uh, I feel like there's a your mom joke in here that I don't really want to make. No. No, don't bother. Um, <laughs> but it's... I want to say that the PS4 version is like a hundred and some gigs of storage. So... So if you have to double that up, that's going to be a lot of storage. Pretty full. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tower at uh, Paradigm's Breach, Yorha's Dark Apocalypse. Um, so it's the third and final Alliance raid duty to accompany the Yorha Dark Apocalypse collaboration with Nier. New gear rewards will be added, and you'll be able to collect one item per week. Just like in Same previous. as usual. Yep. Uh, the Unreal Trial for patch 5.5 will be the War Leader. Leviathan, Leviathan. Leviathan. <laughs> Loud words. <laughs> um, I mean, they're saying something, but I always just shout loud words because I don't actually know. Fair enough. Um, I still have not like done an accurate. Unreal Trial at all. I didn't do Shiva, and I haven't done Titan. Yeah. That's another one where it's like, it is endgame content that I exists for something. until this conversation. Hmm? It exists for someone, but I am not that audience, and that's okay. Well, I would say it's not quite, you know, it's probably slightly above extreme difficulty. 
My but, understanding is it's kind of to replicate the experience of that one back of the thing back when it was current content. Without making you, uh, um, yeah. So it, you're you're fighting it as it maybe a little bit tougher, but you're, you're it's going to be level eighty and it's going to be designed for your five hundred and level five twenty gear and your level eighty abilities. Yeah. Yeah, replicating the experience. Of I've it heard in terms people of, have enjoyed them. But uh, the prize system seems a little frustrating because you have to, like, potentially run it hundreds of times in order to get enough points to get the uh, the mounts or any of the stuff you really want. So. It's something you build up over time. And, so. and there's a lot of RNG involved with what how many points you get per, um, yeah. per completion. I imagine it's the type of thing where you want to try to play it a little strategically. Yeah. Same as for a lot of these. A little too much thinking for me at this point, so I just will uh, continue to enjoy the game at my pace. That's the way to do it. Uh, Then Save the Queen and Resistance Weapons from 5.55. The final chapter of Save the Queen will introduce a new battlefield. Uh, Zadnor is the name of the new battlefield. Uh, Resistance Cap will increase from 15 to 26. Wow. That's a weird number. 20 or 25 would make sense. Yeah, 26, 26 doesn't make sense. 26 is a little odd. Yeah. I, so the main, because of, of course, if you're not worrying about uh, doing Delubrum Regine Savage, the big thing that you get from the ones after Castrum uh, level at 10 is just access to more of the lost actions and having more things opened up. Unless that's a typo. It might only be 25. Uh, new skirmishes and critical engagements will be added. The, the, Del Riada, a new large-scale assault, max 48 players, will be added, and elements of progression beyond rank 25 will be added. So, I don't know. Is it... Del is it, Riada. Huh. Let's see. A Gaelic kingdom that encompassed the western seaboard of Scotland in the 6th and 7th centuries. Interesting. A little information on Zadnor. On the border with occupied Dalmasca in the northeast of Boja stand the sunken plateaus. It is here that the uh, Fourth Legion will make its stand, the battle for Boja reaching its bloody climax. There will be a way yeah. to increase mount speed in Save the Queen areas in patch 5.5, and skirmishes and critical engagements will be adjusted for fewer participants. That would be nice. I know there's been times where it's like I join and I like I sign up for one and I see there's only five people for a 48 person one. It's like, you know what? We're just going to withdraw because I just don't want to lose that medal right now. Exactly. I mean, especially if you if you run run Delabrum and uh, you're almost guaranteed to die two to three times, it seems like. Yeah. And that in regular or savage? regular, depending on oh, when I ran it the first three weeks, you were going to die. It was pretty much guaranteed that somebody was going to kill you. I'm trying not to cast aspersions on you here, but... I got better. I I wasn't the problem. (laughs) Especially that last fight with with the queen. If you had somebody who decided they wanted to run on top of you and, and, and bring an AoE or something and you couldn't stop it, especially if you had to run only so many steps... There's a this few... is a fixable problem. 
Yeah, get better people. A hashtag get good. I'm just kidding. Anyway. I mean, that's what I was about to suggest, too, but I need to do the Kermit the Frog thing here. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Just kidding. <laughs> get good, scrubs. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um. So let's see. Where was I? Um, oh, yeah. So we were talking about the uh, level way to level oh, yeah. up your 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 speed. Uh, the They're going to adjust the availability of the large scale assaults, which would be um, nice. Because right now it seems like uh, a castrum is only every three hours, two or three, something like that. And it's it is the thing where like a lot of people will come in and check. Hey, is like what's the time on castrum in this one? And then they will leave if it's not coming up anytime soon. Uh, yep. They're also changing it, uh, adding a thing where if you do not uh, make, if you do not get selected for Castrum Lacus Latour, your odds of being selected for a duel will increase. So either way, you get a chance to be awesome. Have you done any duels yet? Once or twice, and then I was like, oh, gosh, I need to learn the mechanics of this much better before I attempt it again. Yeah. I've been offered a few times, but I passed on it. Yeah, same here. I I've been offered like maybe half a dozen times but it's like yeah i have not uh you know figured out the fight yet so i'm gonna go ahead and pass and let somebody else try and win because yeah i think i am getting to a point where i might be able to attempt it i'm getting close um i still would want to go over a lot of the stuff uh i've watched a few of the fights Poke me after the show, I've got some resources to share. Yeah, I, I've watched a few of the fights, and it's really cool if you're around one of the duels and the player wins, everybody in, in the vicinity gets a buff. Yep. That's kind of neat. So, I mean, Battle that, spirits are high. Horrors of war, everyone. What is it, 1.5 times metal? Yeah. I mean, which, you know, when you're trying to, you know, get a, a million metal, it's, it, 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 it'll help out uh, fast. For what it's worth, Castrum also gives you a very large amount of metal. I think Delibrum does for the first run, too, does it not? Uh, so it has a, a weekly that gives you yeah, some. 12,000, I think, something like that. And then you get 50,000 for running Castrum. Uh, the amount you get for Castrum depends on your level. Okay. That's fair. Anyways. Um, to unlock it, you will need to complete... Patch 4.5's main scenario quest and the Save the Queen scenario through patch 5.45. So if you've gotten through Delibrim Regine, you are ready for the next level. Uh, resistance weapons will receive a final step where upgrade quests will become available upon unlocking Zadnor during the 5.55 storyline. Stats will be slightly better than weapons obtained in Eden's Promise. Uh, once one has been upgraded, the process for upgrading further weapons will differ. Interesting. I appreciate that. Like they have, instead of having it, okay, you have to repeat the entire grind for each one. If they're recognized as like, hey, some people want to collect them all, it's like, okay, we can go ahead and make it a little easier to do the rest of them because you have shown you have the chops to do this. Okay, so I don't, I can stop gathering all the different uh, uh, memories. I, then. <laughs> I guessing it's just for that stage. Okay, but I know, yeah, because it's I'll kind of a pain in the ass. Later. To gain all those through the fates. I mean, it's nice that the first ones that you gain through the, the Heaven's Word zones are guaranteed if you get a gold. Um, but it's kind of a pain in the ass when you get to the the third step and you're doing the Stormblood ones, and those are a small percentage chance. But it 
it is still faster than running Ivalice. Like one hour of uh, doing fates uh, in the Stormblood zones, I would get like three or four of those things. Man, I need your luck because I've only gotten seven and I've done probably oh. about uh, four hours of fate grinding with my Astro. Dang. Yeah. Uh, how fast does your Astro kill stuff? Mm, faster now, but I mean, this was <laughs> when it was level sixty-ish. So uh, I mean, but yeah, I just went on a job that would be able to go through the fates reasonably quickly. Uh, did it on a quiet evening when I just needed some downtime. Uh, and fortunately, that stage only needs to be done once per character, not once per item. Oh, okay. So then you'll be yeah, able to that upgrade is a all of them. At that point yeah that is just a you are doing this thing to work out a problem they are having and how to upgrade the relic weapons and once you have done that they have figured out the problem and they don't need you to do it again nice that'll be good yes all right um then they talk a little about the ultimate trial that's coming in 6.1 um new ultimate difficulty trial is planned for the first major update following the release of the Endwalker expansion. And they show a seek peek, which seems to take place in the vault of all places. Like an odd place to bring in a trial from, but also it's a couple expansions ago. So like kind of, Hey, remember all this other content, we're going to reuse it. And that I, definitely tracks. I feel like there's a very clear candidate for what that's going to be. Well, I'm wondering if it's going to be, uh, are you thinking Thoradin? Yeah, and his Knights 12. Yeah, so the, yeah, the Knights of the Round? Oh, actually, not just that. Thoradin and his Knights 12, Fafnir. What if you fight all sides of the Dragon Song War at once? So Nidhogg and uh, <laughs> everybody? Fight, oh, I said Fafnir. Yeah, Nidhogg. So Nidhogg the uh thordan and his knights 12 maybe throw in Hrays velger or shiva just for the fun of it and how about the Assians? shiva that seems like fun let's throw, let's oh, throw oh, Assian oh. prime in as well yeah i mean <laughs> we've seen that they're willing to play around a lot with the mechanics and do stuff that's like kind of a storytelling of the mechanics within it so but yeah just off the top of it kind of thinking okay reenact the dragon song war yet yeah, where it's you versus everybody in the dragon song war yeah. Everybody at the same time. Yeah. Nothing bad will occur. No. Maybe they'll get Ratataskar in there. And in order to ensure that you survive some particular thing, you'll have to either eat or not eat her eyes. Too soon, Sarah. Too nope, soon. Nope, that's weird. Years. Too that's soon. still weird, bud. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, really? of, of course, in 5.5, there's going to be new housing and fashion items. Plenty of new I want and minions. dumb sunglasses again. I haven't gotten a new pair of dumb sunglasses in like a year. Well, go to the Mog Station. There's probably some there to buy. Probably. <laughs> People have spoken. Um, and then they talked about the uh, the Digital Fan Fest. Uh, so uh, to reiterate, Digital Fan Festival around the world will be held on May 15th and 16th. Commemorative items uh, you'll be able to purchase include an eight-player Lunar Whale mount, as well as Final Fantasy IV-themed minions. Uh, various orchestrian roles from various albums will also be available to purchase. That's kind of nice. 
Uh, the team is planning for all stage events to be broadcast live with digital activities available to enjoy online and in game. That's neat. So we're going to be glad that we're getting something to yeah. make up for the fact that we can't have real fan fest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they feel kind of bummed about it too. And most stage events will have English interpretations. Uh, so a bit, yeah. quick run through of the uh, events on May 15th. We'll have a keynote. Uh, welcome to Naoki's room. Uh, a panel called How Do You Like Heidelin? A development panel. And then to cap off the, the night will be a piano performance featuring Keiko. Uh, on day... <laughs> go ahead. Give her a damn Crumhorn. More Crystal Chronicles music, please. No, you, also know, what, you know what's going to happen? Um, uh, 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 Sokin is going to come in with a Crumhorn. Yes. And a box. Surprise Star Onions reunion! Oh, God. That would be amazing. Koji <laughs> was their drummer, I want to say. Uh, day two, we'll have a letter from the producer live. The, uh, the Glamoured to Life showcase. Uh, that's that uh, um, uh, cosplay kind of, uh, um, you know, play as your favorite NPC in the game or whatever. Uh, a live mm -hmm. Q&A. A flashback with the cast. And they will finish off this one with a band performance featuring the Primals. Those guys they are fucking amazing. <laughs> I am still in awe of their energy. God. Now, with the when, when they released the uh, the new um, uh, band and and piano album, uh, did you guys pick that up by chance? Uh, 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 I did not. I think I just finished grabbing all the Distant Worlds and Scions and Sinners. I believe it's called. Sounds right. Um, leading up to the release, uh, end of last month, they would release uh, a, a video on YouTube every couple of days. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Go watch. So good. And the oh, music is great. Not a lot of circulation. Well, it's so good. The video was also just hilarious. Also, the uh, the orchestral rolls you get from the first edition uh, release of it are pretty good. You get a, a piano and a primals uh, version of, of songs on the album. I think I've got them in the playlist in the house here. I've got it turned off right now, but um, at least for my side. But I don't know if, it, if you guys have heard it while we've been sitting here. I haven't heard it, but I have been seeing the things updating saying a long fall science and sinners band is now playing. Yep. Neat dark mm -hmm. water science and sinners is now playing. Yep. I love that they do that. So we can have the music in game as well. Yeah. And that they have all the different variations of it. Yep. Yeah. The, the album includes MP3 versions of the original songs, the piano version and the band version, as well as Blu-ray video of, of, of a lot of these uh, performances. It's really worth the money. Um, it just That's insanely cool. It just sucks that it, it's a pain in the ass to get shipped here, whether it's from CD Japan or from the Square Enix store. Someday I'll be able to bring you guys back stuff again, and it'll be fine. Yes. Chicken tenders are ready, ready to fry. Ready to fry. <laughs> so in-game activities will include a fan fest version of the moogle treasure trove uh digital fan theme festival themed frames and stickers will be added to group pose for a limited time so we'll be able to take screenshots with our characters with uh limited limited time 
stickers in in gpos that's kind of neat it's cute yep and so and they're doing the the true the treasure trove thing is kind of neat as well you know because then the one it's a great way to get some limited edition in-game merch and uh get people to run certain things i wonder if they're going to add anything into the game like they did um like when they did the um uh, proto omega or Pro- proto ultima or greg Ooh. you know because they had it in certain worlds at fan fest right um and then they added it later on in the game like they put proto ultima into um uh, dune sky yep i remember because uh in the one that was at fan fest the fight location was at the last remnant and i always keep meaning to play that game <laughs> The last remnant is bad. You are missing nothing. Oh, but it looked cool. It does look cool. It's not. I beat good that game know. twice. It's not good. Good to know, if All a little right. disappointing. And then they had some announcements. Like I said, Final Fantasy XIV has surpassed 22 million players worldwide. Play now! That's so many. That's so many. All that means is 22 million people have either purchased a copy of the game or downloaded the free trial. And yet, how long have you been waiting in queue for a roulette? Well, I'm actually, playing here, my, not that long. Like, actually, my impression is that lately, uh, queue times haven't been all that bad. No, because no, Mobile Treasure Trove has been really nice for that. Um, patch 5.5 note reading will be broadcast Monday, April 12th at 11 p.m. Pacific time. So if you really want to see Yoshi reading the uh, patch notes in Japanese, tune in. I'm sure there'll be people live uh, translating it as well. Like, I know what you mean by that. That just makes me think of, like, some kind of OnlyFans where Yoshi P is just doing everyday <laughs> household activities. Oh, my God. And has, like, Make it a thing. Yoshi P OnlyFans reading the, the patch notes seductively. <laughs> God. Like, I think it's funnier if he's not even trying to be sexy. He's just, like, reading it normally. And then he gets up and he like does the laundry. Okay, like, like I would do it. this, except I'm banned from the platform. So, what what about if if Koji were to do it seductively? <laughs> yes. Honestly, he was cuter when he had hair. That's oh up to that. my! Also, no one tell him I said that. Uh, cafe, the Yorzi Cafe will open for a limited time in Nagoya, uh, April 28th through June 30th. They do every once in a while where they'll take stuff out of, um, Osaka and Akihabara, and they'll make, like, a little, like, one-month pop-up version of Yorzi Cafe somewhere. Um, they've done Nagoya before, uh, they did Akita once, they've done Sapporo before. Isn't um, Nagoya have- where the, uh, Olympics are gonna be? Uh, no, that was where the Olympics were back in the 90s. No, that was, uh, um, uh, Nagano? Nagano. Nagano. Uh, no, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo proper is actually where the Olympics are. Uh, okay. I saw the buildings, like, they are there. Okay. Um. No, Nagoya yeah, not- is where they were going to have FanFest. That's right. That tracks. That's what it was. I knew there was something with Nagoya and, and, something. and something. I'm oh. planning a vacation, uh, bringing three other people uh, in the middle to end of next year. So, like, I have a lot of locations in my brain in Japan. 
Mm. And so like it all blends together after a while. I'm just like, can I get there on the train in under three hours? Yes, cool. We're going. Let me and get my passport and I want to go with you. <laughs> one of these yeah. days, hot springs. One yeah. of these days. Well, I, was- I yeah. You get to go to the hot springs and Klaus and I get to go have beer because we have tattoos. <laughs> Woo! Or we'll have to get a, our own private onsen. I've actually been looking at doing that just because we were like, okay, Kat wants to go to a hot spring. Sarah wants to go to a hot spring. James wants to go to a hot spring. I can't go with them. Sarah and James are married, so whatever. Kat's like, uh, I was born with pants on, so I'm like, all right. <laughs> There's officially no way to do this. So, like, I think y'all just have to do that without me because I can't help any of you. <laughs> But yeah, we're looking at just renting the private onsens for everybody if we ever go for it. That'd be sweet. That does sound amazing. Yes. They're only like only they're only like 140 bucks for like a six hour thing. So like that's actually not too bad. No. Oh, yeah. Like you split that between a few people. Oh, that's each. That's each. Okay. So Kat gets one. I get one. Sarah and James get one. So like but but we'd have like bamboo between us so we could like talk, Uh but we couldn't see each other. So now, how do you determine who's the ones who's supposed to start talking about how large the other person's breasts are and how unfair it is, while the rest of you are listening from the bamboo? Oh, that's gonna be James and I talking just to embarrass the crap out of Sarah. We already got that figured out. My understanding of onset, as given to me by anime, is that someone needs to be talking about the physical characteristics of someone else, while the people who are inadvertently listening start getting really steamed up. Nose please. So just <laughs> grab a Ken Akamatsu manga any Ken Akamatsu manga, read it, that's it. That's perfect. Absolutely flawless. That's what you want to go with. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, back to the Final Fantasy. Well, I, I wanted to just say one more thing before we jumped on to that, because I've also heard you can get uh, resorts that have their own little hot springs in them as well. You can you can just rent like a Ryokan, like an actual like old house that's just a traditional inn that's effectively just an airbnb before airbnb was a thing and you just go out to like someone's house in the middle of nowhere and they just have an onsen and it's like in their courtyard or it's in the back area of the house and you just use that one and those are like 500 bucks to 600 bucks for three or four days and that might be the better play yeah Yeah, that way you just have a place to stay and you can still do stuff in the neighborhood and like see the countryside and then also still have your onsen yes for private use that would be awesome anyway now that we've gotten our our our, uh, our japanese uh tourism uh plug put in there <laughs> i really should be getting people to pay us for these right sponsor us um uh the last bits they talked about um there will be some uh, commemorative apparel in the um the EU store is adding the Sin Eater and Hades t-shirts, which is kind of nice. The, the, I need to talk about this. Okay. There are huge discrepancies between what's available in the JP store versus the NA store versus the EU store. Yep. The JP store gets some amazing looking shit. Yep. And I want some of that stuff, yet we can't have it because it's not available. And if you I mean, try to use a reseller or have one of your friends buy it in Japan, Square Enix very politely tells them to go suck on a lemon and gives them nothing. It sucks. I, I do wonder how much of that is because of things like if there's uh, import, export, or like customs restrictions on things. 
I've been learning a lot more just like international trade and just how many things get screwed up by that. So if it's liquid, it's almost always a giant pain in the ass. Like whether it's brake fluid or alcohol is obviously a problem sometimes if it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, professional shipment is kind of whatever. Uh, but like I've had to bring back like real gold and a bunch of other stuff from vending machines. And it's like in a plastic bag inside of a sock that's tied in a knot inside of a shirt. Like it's bad. The amount of crap I have to do just to get it out of the country. Wait, are um, you a bringing... smuggler? That sounds oh, like yeah, a smuggler. Okay. How, cool. Do you really think I make all my money delivering groceries and pizza? Come on, man. Um, car parts, oh, obviously my. challenging because it's metal and it's a big solid piece of metal. Um, if it's like a gas strut or something, that's a problem. Uh, I brought back cup noodles, which definitely had dried pork in it, which definitely should have been taken by security. And they weren't because security was cool about it because I lied Wait. to them and they believed me. Like, <laughs> I brought Wait, a can of dried pork. Is <clears throat> uh, so okay. Have you ever had cup noodle? Yes. You know how sometimes it has meat in it. Right. Why would this have an import export whatever restriction on it? You can't move meat internationally. Huh. Period. End of story. Bringing a fish across the border from Canada is a big no-no. I guess why they they have a thing where they just like raise a wagyu cow like in America and then do the thing. That's why we have the American A5 and stuff like that. Um I brought a can of Harbor Maine smoked kippers to a friend of mine who's originally from Maine currently lives in Tokyo. I just threw it in my bag, drove across the border to Vancouver, and got caught in security. And they were like, uh, you shouldn't have this in Canada, let alone be taking this to Japan. And then I explained that it's dead and it's canned and it's an oil and there's the whole thing. And they're like, let's check. And like, we had to like seriously look it up and we had to like rip the label to prove that I wasn't reselling it and like get a text from Kira that proved that it was for her. Like, it was a whole thing to bring one little four-ounce can of smoked kippers. International shipping and customs and whatnot is serious business. Yeah, Right, and, like, this is for, okay, meat, liquid, metal. I'm actually okay with most of that. Like, that totally makes sense. A t-shirt, a soundtrack, a Blu-ray. No, that's dumb. That should be able to move around. That I have issue with. The t-shirt thing can start getting into stuff like whether it's classified as apparel or there's actually a lot of different things about what thing it can be classified under and what duty rates that's added. There's a lot of down the rabbit hole shit about this. Exactly. And that's the other much the like the whole issue. Thing where, much like the whole thing where in was it Ireland or Scotland where Subway's bread is not classified as bread. Well, that's because it has too much sugar. Right. But the reason that matters is because you, they want to be bringing it in and have it classified as bread because there's a much cheaper import uh, thing for it uh, based on like kind of like staple foods as opposed to like specialty food. And so if it's not legally, con- the reason they care whether it's not legally considered bread according to that is because that determines what tax rate it's going to be under. Hmm. Not because they're suddenly going to be compelled to say particular things in their advertising. I mean, how often in their advertising do they say, have one of our sandwiches now on bread? Like, they don't say that anyways. To bring, so, okay, I used to smoke. Uh, just past two years of no smoking, which is cool. But Welcome to International Trade Hour on Phoenix oh Radio. Oh my god, the pain in the ass that it was to bring cigarettes was a nightmare. But here in Western Washington, a carton of cigarettes is going to run me $100 to $125. 
in China, it was 10 bucks. In Japan, it was about 35. So I would buy the $10 cartons, but I could only bring a maximum of 400 cigarettes. Well, if I bring a sealed carton that I bought for $10, they go, are you reselling that? I say, no, I now have to, the burden of proof is on me to prove that I'm not. So what I would do is I would crack the carton open, pull one of the packs, open the pack, and smoke one of the cigarettes out of it and bring back 399 cigarettes because now I had 19 packs plus one in my pocket of my jacket. And I could justify that it was for personal use and not for resell. Because you had like cracked the thing open and started using it already. Because I could justify if I've done this for one, I'm obviously going to do this for the other 19. So now if I take one of those 19 packs and I give it to a friend and he gives me five bucks, that's where I would get in trouble because now I'm not supposed to be selling it. And again, it's tobacco. It's a plant product. It's smoking. The filters are different. I can see some of the issues that they have with international. But again, it's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. It's a towel. It's one of those little stupid, I support whatever's trendy bracelets that were running around a couple years ago that are given out at concerts. Yeah, I it, can't get it, any of that stuff over here. Yeah. It turns out that those tax schedules get really, really in-depth into what's class. And it might even be that for this one, it would be all right. But the entire thing is just a headache, such a headache that they wash their hands of large parts of it. Or they just didn't want to make enough more of it because they weren't sure how well it was going to sell. Yeah, there's, there's lots of factors that can be playing yeah. with this. It's still annoying. international trade is weird. And I still want yep. the things, damn it. Oh, well, yes. I, so we actually looked into how to import a whole pile of stuff, which was like, let's bring back car parts, bumpers, gas struts. Let's, seats, let's, let's table seats. this and we can talk about it at in the after show. <laughs> no, but I'm angry. Yes, we've been going look, for an look. hour and a half and we haven't even gotten into the soundtrack yet. I don't think oh, we're gonna, bro. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're going to because next week we're talking about patch 5.5. Uh, um spoiler free oh shit yeah it's true um so then the last bit was they showed a limited edition panasonic sound slayer gaming speaker that will be made available in europe I, I did see that i think they are it is available in japan and the u.s um but now they're just all making it available in in the eu market as well so so that was uh live letter 63 it's a lot of stuff i am actually hype for um for what's to come so i mean i've been logging in every day you know for the last couple weeks now you know i took some time off and now i'm back excited ready to play again and ready to see what uh uh what the buildup of the uh, uh the next uh pat patch plot leading into the expansion is so all right so let's get into our actual discussion topic um We've uh, done discs one through three over the last three episodes. And now finally, we have the shortest disc as far as number of tracks, but it's got some of the longest pieces in it. <laughs> Rip. Anyway, so let's jump into disc four of Final Fantasy VIII's original soundtrack. And you gotta love starting with a banger like this. Mods de Chocobo. We have to have the Chocobo song somewhere. There it goes. Chocobo. 
This is the chocobo theme for Final Fantasy VIII. Now, it's a more technological world. People are getting around in cars, trains, stuff like that. So the whole needing to ride around on a horseback or equivalent hasn't really been as much of a thing. And I think you can do most or all the game without ever actually doing stuff with the chocobos. Yeah, but who would want to? Because I'm at the end of disc three. <laughs> I haven't touched them yet. Yeah, I think it's mostly you can find a location with them and then you can use them for doing some like little side quests, minigame type things. But it is completely skippable in this one. But who would want to? Oh, yeah. Fun. Like, I would see what feels more likely is just you don't even know that they're there. Yeah, they're not as prevalent in in AIDS. That's definitely true. Yeah, I definitely paid the kid to catch one for me. <laughs> I was just like, I don't care about this stupid mini game. So I was like, I'm not going to play it. I'm just going to have the kid do it. Reasonable. You don't need any items in that game. Money is completely worthless. So, well, depending on what you're, how you're trying to uh, get through the game. I mean, you still want to probably upgrade weapons and stuff like that. But you don't need much. You know, you need. If you have, like, the lowest seed rank and you just play really slow, you'll still have enough money for all that stuff. Fair. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in the next one. We're going to try and push through some of these a little bit faster, so. Speaking of transportation songs, this is the theme uh, for the Ragnarok when you're flying around in it called Ride On. Definitely seems like an airship theme. It has to be booming. Okay. There we go. Like that intro bit has make it cool. That intro bit has kind of the fluttering. Mm -hmm. That bit right there. You've got to have that because it's it's you're 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 lighter than air and you're flying around. I mean, you've already well, been mean, flying around. Once, and again, <laughs> once again, the vehicles are a bit of a departure because this isn't a boat with a bunch of propellers on it or a blimp or whatever. This is a full-on, uh, like, space vehicle that has been repurposed for going around the atmosphere. It's also not a giant school. Yeah, there's some... It's weird, man. I don't know what It has tell. some yeah, of the weirdest weird, transportation. Man. I mean, okay, you get to drive was... a car. You get to ride it on a train. You fly a fucking school. I always want to quote the Futurama bit on there when Zap Rannigan's like, it's built like a steakhouse, but it corners like a bistro. <laughs> I love and hate Matt Groening. I really do. <laughs> Man hired some good writers. <laughs> I do love that they proved an entire theorem for that show. All right, let's go. Like ahead. they made improve the new mathematical theorem in order to make a plot thing work. All right, our next song. This is called Truth. And this plays the song. Yeah, this plays at the orphanage, and is kind of her theme. Yeah, it's the idea song. Now, we've heard... Who is it? There we go. We have heard some elements of this before, like the harpsichord, things like that. 
in the earlier stuff involving anything with the sorceress. Mm -hmm. But this is more like Adia as herself, no longer as the uh, possessed by a time-spanning witch thing. So I just, I never really separated in my head. I never trusted Adia because I know that when I first met her, she was taken by the sorceress. And so like, every time I see her, I know I'm supposed to trust her, but I can't. Like I still have the same. I still have issues with Thancred in fourteen. Like I will never trust <laughs> Thancred because I started in Ulda. Like I just, I can't. Right? There's something in my head that says I can never fully trust you, and I will never Don't fully trust Adia. Yeah. But yeah, where you have kind of like the stately like horror type thing here, it's more of just like a little bit of like a sad mournful one. Like this is this is Adia not as the sorceress, but as the orphanage matron. It, I mean, it, it's it's still got some of the kind of you know I don't know creepy is not the right word, but uh, no creepy is definitely a good word though. It's, it's not, not the word I'm looking for though. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a little it's discord. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, you know troubling feeling sounds to it, but then there's discordant. Yeah, but there's also then we've got the piece here that kind of makes it seem where you know you're thinking back and it's a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more serene. If you take out the harpsichord, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot you know, of like kind of. It's a little bit more relaxed and pastoral, you know, because they're thinking back to, you know, they're starting to remember some of their childhood. You know, at this point, I believe, is when they're starting to realize that, hey, I knew you before the garden. And not just, oh, I knew you before the garden and I don't remember you. It's, I remember talking to you. I remember having dinner with you. I remember you cried one time. I re- like, they're starting to actually get memories back. Mm-hmm. It suddenly makes sense why Irvine was immediately so flirty with Selfie. Because he had a crush on her when they were kids. Yep. And Which he I say casually, weird. but like, yeah. <laughs> and he feels a little weirded out that he doesn't really seem to recognize him. Or isn't acknowledging it or all that. And then, and why, you know, Cypher was always picking on Zell. Yeah. Like, thinking about it, that's got to be so creepy. Like, he gets to see these people after all this time. None of them recognize him. He's being pulled into this mission where he needs to assassinate the orphanage matron. It's kind of yeah, like, that's... oh my god, I fell into a bizarro world. Yeah, it's a rough day for that guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the fact that he cracked under the pressure makes a lot more sense once you realize just how much additional pressure there was that we just didn't realize was there at the time. Exactly. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the next one. Speaking of creepy, this is Lunatic Pandora. <laughs> and guess where this plays? Lunatic Pandora. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, <laughs> Lunatic Spotify. God, I hate you so much right now. I deserve it. Lunatic <laughs> iTunes. Nope. <laughs> doesn't work as well, but... Nope. Lunatic Apple Music also doesn't work, so... 
Yes, this is the weird thing from space that no one understands, but ends up being such a huge driving force in the plot. Welcome to Final Fantasy. There's a weird thing in space that no one understands. Well, okay. actually, isn't sure. this now somewhere in the desert? In yeah, yeah. it's a giant it interacts. obelisk. Kind it of interacts thing. with space. Yeah, did it actually come from space, or, or where did this thing actually come from? We don't know. Like in Laguna's earliest flashback, um, he with the Galbanian army are going through because they're fighting against the Estaran army, mm-hmm. and Estar has uh, taken control of the Pandora. And yeah, Let's it's walk in with a pile of stuff. I will be right back. It is this weird otherworldly thing that seems to be connected to the stuff they don't understand that we find out more details about the phenomenon of the lunar cry, this periodic uh, calamity from the sky. This thing is somehow connected to it and that these nations want to weaponize it. And it's definitely related to the sorceresses. Yeah, somehow. Whoever has control of a sorceress or or is, is using a sorceress generally has control over what lunatic Pandora can do. Yep. Yeah, and like all, there's kind of a recurring theme of this like strange unknown thing that everyone both simultaneously fears and wants to control. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the next one. Oh, I like this one. I know this one. This is Compression of Time. It starts out so not normal exactly. Like if someone told you that this is the sound of time compressing, you'd be like, really? What is the sound of one hand clapping? Now tell me the sound of time compressing. (laughs) (laughs) Now do them both. Yeah, time compression itself is just this thing that gets referred to as this strange, otherworldly. It's something attempting to be accomplished by the greater scope villain. But other than that, it's sort of weird and vaguely defined, and this is something that got explored a little bit more in supplemental materials. But it's meant to be something that's a little bit outside of your grasp, I think. So for the brief time when uh, Ultimacy was able to bring the beginning and end of time together, this is what it sounded like. Yep. Because we came up with the batshit crazy idea to kind of ride that wave to the future. Woo! Or let the future come to us, whichever. Why not both? It's some weird shit. Here, we'll let Talos listen to a little bit of time compression. I mean, it's an interesting song, but uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily think of, of actual, t- um, you know, of the compression of time with this. I just think of a really weird dimension. Yeah. Wasn't that part of the, like, the the underlying layer of that, I feel like, was used in the battle theme uh, for the cast- for Ultimicia Castle in Dissidia? Hmm. Could be. 
I don't know. I'd have to listen to that again, and boy, do I not have time to find the Dissidia soundtrack. You spend a lot of time with this track. You're entering this weird yeah. otherworldly space composed of places you've been to before you start encountering and fighting sorceresses from across the ages. Yep. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and jump into the next one. This is kind of what uh, Talos was alluding to. This is the castle. Nope, this is the track that they used for the battle thing. Okay. okay. Yep, this, this is the actual plays in Ultimate's castle. And you've got this nice little opening bit. And wait for it. Enter the creepy fucking music. There's the pipe organ. I was going to say, why does creepy castle and pipe organ go together so well? Just because I it does. You know, well, don't you think of uh, of ca- of like churches as creepy too? I mean, churches? I grew up in one, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Churches, not necessarily, but cathedrals, hmm. not necessarily creepy, but this like huge, imposing, almost otherworldly space. Mm-hmm. I just find him creepy for reasons we won't get into here. There's some fascinating iconography. A lot of stuff is easier when you come at it from a librarian perspective. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) This is a banger track, though. Oh, it's awesome. It's just definitely super creepy. It really reminds me of of like Castlevania-style music. Yeah. It's that grand and, and gothic theme, you know? We've got, like, the kind of intricate, uh, like, string melodies that we had with the Sorceress before, just writ large on a much larger scale. And it's got so many different parts to it, because we've just advanced into the next piece, which is, you know, a different part of the, the castle. Yeah. And it's and more like, playful. Like you're exploring through a very large castle while this is all going on. Mm-hmm. A really fucked up castle. Yeah. Yeah, castle do, nonetheless. You gotta do some really weird shit to get through this place. You have to fight bosses I, in certain orders to unlock certain pieces of things that you can do. Because oh, everything's yeah, like locked off. That. Yeah, all of your abilities are locked. And so <laughs> Look you forward to that, Chalice. <laughs> yeah. You God, yeah, that's very soon for me. Yeah, gotta choose which ones to unlock, gotta solve various puzzles to open up other areas. Yeah, because the more you unlock, the tougher the end battle is going to be. I think that was a, a mechanic of this, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I think you may be right. Yeah, if you unlock... It, it, you had to unlock certain things. Like you had, I think the only thing that was op- and available to you was attack. Right, and there is a very easy boss that you can defeat with purely attack and nothing else to start with. Mm-hmm. And I think the battles get a little bit diff- more difficult, and then the end boss, depending on how many things you've actually unlocked, um, is is difficult. I know speedrunners will generally go for specific um, things to unlock. Um, like, I don't remember what they are, but... Uh... So I've got a list of things here. I don't know what speedrunners use, but when we say everything is locked, this includes stuff like limit breaks or yeah. the ability to revive people or yeah. the ability to save. The ability to use items, magic, yep. Yep. draw, 
all of that yeah. is locked behind different bosses. There's like eight different things that you have to the, that you can unlock. Yeah, you choose which thing you're going to unlock. Yep. And then uh, what? Are I we get attack, and I think we get speed, and I think we get stack on attacks, and that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Like, because that's stuff that's kind of like junction to your nature. That's not a thing you're selecting in battle. No, but like by having all of the passive stuff available, oh. yeah. it's not as hard. Yeah, and that first boss is designed to be defeatable just using attack. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump to the next song, which is another banger. The Legendary Beast. This plays in the fight against Griever. This one made a bit of a comeback in FF8 or in FF14 where I wasn't expecting it, but... Didn't it show up in, uh, in Eden somewhere? Yep. Fighting Ring's trauma. Well, it makes sense because you're fighting the second to last boss. Shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Crap. <laughs> And uh, the Griever fight is the second tier of the final boss, so... Yeah. Like, one could argue that in 14 it would have made sense to do it for the Shadow, uh, the shadow Keeper since it's that big dog. But it just really works with the Thancred Ranji fight. Yeah. Yeah, the Ultimicia fight itself, it is an involved motherfucker. This is from the time of where it's like, okay, every Final Fantasy boss, like Final Boss has at least three, possibly more forms. Yep. Multi-form, multi-HP bar. I mean, this is such a good boss fight theme, though. Because, yeah, you're fighting first Ultimicia, then she calls Griever and you have to fight it. Yep. Then she junctions uh, Griever to herself. And we get this music. This is Maybe I'm a Lion. I've been listening to the Black Mages version of this basically since it came out. Yeah. And these are all five minutes plus because this fight in the game is actually very long. Yep. Also, if a party member dies and doesn't get revived quickly, they may just be absorbed into the time stream and then they're gone and another one jumps in to replace them. Yep, I think you have, what, two turns or something like that to, to revive yeah, a player? pretty short. Two to three turns? Not enough. Yeah. Don't die. Get good. Be ready to react very quickly. Yep. And again, what you can do all depends on what you've unlocked. I kind of like, like it, even though it is a final boss theme, there is like a kind of like, almost like slow, like this line is, the thing is maybe I'm a lion is the name of the track. Mm -hmm. And in that context, what this music makes me think of is prowling. Yes. It is slowly stalking around, circling you. You know the attack is coming, but right now it's just biding its time, waiting for you to drop your defenses. It is staring you down, and you know what's coming.
I love how epic and in-depth and powerful this music sounds, oh. how it makes us all feel. Mm-hmm. And the lion is pouncing. <laughs> right, and then we go back and we like look at the disc one janky dumb shit school life drama for the first six hours of the game, and you're like, what is this tribe? How does this turn into something so good? I mean, I, I like a, most of the songs on this soundtrack. But I mean, mm-hmm. the last disc is definitely all the bangers because you're fighting the, the, the hardest bosses um, and there's just so much craziness going on. And Uematsu I... just created some amazing music to, to go with those battles. So the perspective I have on it is you start with like this pleasant school life type thing. Like this is the image that people have of like, oh, this mercy thing. Oh, being a fighter in these things. Oh, oh, being a JRPG hero. Wouldn't this be cool? And here's a school to be a JRPG hero. And then over the course of the game, you've learned this is actually kind of awful. It is. And it's also bear in mind, this is 1998. So look at where we're at in media. Look at where we're at in what movies we have, what comics we're reading, manga, anime, other JRPGs, other American RPGs. This is going toe to toe with things like Baldur's Gate, which is a very different style of game. Mm -hmm. So having something that's epic and booming and huge fits. But it definitely, if you didn't know what you were doing in Final Fantasy VIII, it could take you a while to get here. So being rewarded with amazing music and incredibly difficult fights that challenge you as a player is worthwhile. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the next one. That wasn't even her final form. This is... Did someone order some weird time shit? I'm not sure how well this is going to go through on the podcast, but as I'm listening to it right now, I'm hearing it go back and forth from left to right, and it's just like trippy AF. Yeah. Are you guys hearing that too? Uh, No, because my headphones are kind of crap, but... Stop talking a second. It's not quite coming through on mine. Okay, it was the first bit that was doing that. Okay. But yeah, at this point... And you've got like this slow comma. This is also used in the transition sequence for E12S, and it's done to great effect there as well. This is called the extreme. And it builds. Yeah. We're kind of like at the center of it all. All of this uh, is finally culminating. There we go. <laughs> I love that this kind of sounds like they mixed a little bit of like Super Famicom and Final Fantasy VII style. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely taking, you know, some of the previous uh, games, iconic music and kind of merging their styles together. 
you know, for this Perhaps final crafting them. Exactly. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the best. <laughs> but we've already been through lots of weird time trippy learner type stuff, facing off against the powers of this sorceress augmented with the powers of sorceresses from ages past, present, and future. It's kind of like, okay, we are breaking down the elements of reality itself, going into some strange, unknown space. Mm-hmm. And who'd have thought that just some random kids would, would be doing this? Well, a couple people did, because they know how it all ends. Because weird time shit! Oh, God. It wouldn't be a time travel narrative without some weird loops. Yeah. But yeah, this song just has so many different phases to it, just like the fight does, and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing to listen to. I wish we had time to listen to everything on all of these songs, but uh, we, we talked so much about the, uh, the live letter, we really need to keep pushing. Yeah. yeah, we gotta power through, y'all. Sorry. Alright, so then... Okay, so at this point, Selfie uses her limit break and insta-kills the boss. The end. <laughs> and this is why you should be afraid of Selfie. Yes. Well, one of many reasons you should be afraid of Selfie. Selfie is Sarah's waifu, confirmed. She masks her trauma with cheerfulness. This is called the successor. Because it is one of the rules of being a sorceress that you cannot die without passing on your power to someone else. And at this point, Ultimicia gives her powers to Adia. She doesn't really want to, but she's kind of compelled to, and there's no one else. Well, there's Renoa, but... Well, Renoa's not there at that point. Mm. This is... After everything that's happened, as time is uncompressing and yeah. everyone has, as everyone has come unmoored, Squall and Ultimicia arrive many years in the past at the door to a familiar orphanage. It, God, is it even more minor shifted somehow? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we had like that familiar snatch of tune, but again, even more. Yeah, so not only is it creepy, it's also sad. Supposed to feel remorse for the things that we have done. It's like, uh, no. We tried to kill all our friends. Yeah, I think it's. Le- I always felt it was less like remorse for it and more just like. Okay, and now we see how this ends, which is also how it all began. This is why Adia even started uh, Garden and Seed. And Adia and Sid together started Garden and Seed because they knew they would need to, because one day they received a strange visitor. This was all preordained. And now that it has been completed, we're finally free from that, uh, from the fate. From the thing imposed by what time says must happen. Or are we? 
Altamisia herself is also free, in a sense. I mean, by dint of passing away. But the entire thing happened because she had been uh, persecuted for her sorceress powers and wanted to use time compression to create a world where only she existed. Kind of take her solitary existence to an extreme. Which, when you think about it, is a little bit of what Squall was doing. Foils! You love eight. I can tell. <laughs> I, I like anything where they're doing interesting storytelling. All right, let's go ahead and jump but yes, in. Yes, I think it, oh, I think eight is criminally underappreciated in some regards. It definitely was my least favorite, or one of my least favorites, for quite a while because it just it seemed confusing the first time I saw it. I mean, I have a, a yeah. better appreciation for it now that I have a little bit better understanding of it and uh, and everything that's gone into it. So, yep. All right, second to last song called the ending theme. This song is 13 minutes and 20 seconds long. We're not. But it also, it also has a lot of stages to it, unfortunately. It does. It does. Because after uh, that, Squall once again has said everyone's kind of come unmoored from time and they're trying to make their way back to their proper present as time expands back to where it should be. Yeah, this, this theme basically is the backing of a large number of cutscenes that happen at this point. Yeah. Because in the end, Squall's come unstuck. He can't really find his way back to home. He I mean, metaphorically, does he really have a home? He spent so long shutting everything out. This is also where we get some of the scenes that have led to the fan theory that Squall has been dead the entire time. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different parts of this uh, theme. We may have to go through most of it, unfortunately. <laughs> well, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. We're running a little long tonight. It happens. So yeah, we have Squall wandering kind of the voids of time. Actually, this might be a good time to go through some of the liner notes. Yeah, I'll keep mentioning stuff on the music as it goes. Okay. So I'm going to start with the liner notes that come with the standard edition of the, uh, the soundtrack. Uh, of course, they always come with a message from Nobuo Uematsu. He says, I received a letter asking me to answer a survey about me from Digicube the other day. I was able to answer every question with ease, but I had to stop and think when I, when I put down, I am always happy when I had to answer the question, when do you find yourself happy? Looking over the past few years, I can't remember being unhappy. It may just be just that I am spending my summit of my life. But it's not that I haven't had any angry or distressing moments. Don't think that middle-aged men don't have any worries. <laughs> All right, and here we get a, a different yes. arrangement of eyes on me. Yep, because 
in in his wandering, Squall has gotten uh, kind of given up within these like darkness of like the deep time, and he remembers. Like he sees a feather uh, floating down, remembers kind of like literally and metaphorically Renoa reaching out to him, much as he once did to her, and remembering the promise that they made to made to meet once again at the flower field. And that's what gives him something to anchor on to and return to. Like, again, we're getting metaphorical, metaphysical here, but I like it. Well, I, well we're, we're in the middle of... He's stuck in the middle of time compression and, and basically nothingness at this point, and his thoughts are manifesting. Yeah. And uh, there's, like, the kind of broader theme of Squall from the beginning. This poor damaged orphan who thinks that okay i need to be a strong adult a strong adult doesn't need anyone else and so i'll just shut everyone else out when a, his uh, school friend wants to talk to him he just says whatever and that she should go talk to a wall because he thinks that's what you're supposed to do when you're an adult and it's through the course of the game where he meets someone who can help him break down those walls and find like a way to be an actual adult who reaches out to and connects with others. And she's a goddamn sorceress. Well, yeah, she wasn't at the time. She was. She was. But your but quirky she just... manic, your quirky manic pixie dream rebel. All right. Moving on to the next paragraph from this. <laughs> well, if I count how many times I have been happy these couple of years. Its number well exceeds the number of times I have been put down. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Some of you may have no money, but enjoy spending time with your children. You may have been fired, but found some freedom instead. Talas. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) If you have been dumped, you have had another chance to start another affair. I don't know if he means that kind of affair. He means relationship. (laughs) Same word, though. Yes. You may have received a low grade on your test, but maybe you love playing soccer. We go through a great number of experiences. They all fall upon you, so you are the one who must interpret their meanings. This is actually the perfect place to read this, actually. You know what I, you know? Right. Yeah, no, this is working really well. <laughs> Keep going. I think we that those purpose. meanings that you have uh, created become truths. Even if there is one single event, there could be as many truths as the world's population. If you decide to interpret an event in a negative way, you can only find yourself caught in an unhappy truth. We can't liberate ourselves from pain by looking back to our distressful past, for we are the ones who are eager to hold on to that pain. It may be a good idea to open up and say, Here I am! I'm ready for anything! As you disconnect yourself from that pain. That is why I decided to have a change of mind this time. I declared myself that I will accept any hardship, and they decided to give me all the hardship possible. (laughs) And he was going LOL. Right now, my body is like an old towel, wet and soaked. But it was fun. Concentrating on something is my means of acquiring happiness. Nobu Uematsu, written on 1-6-1999. He has oh. some really interesting thoughts on life, doesn't he? Just a bit. Creative type. 
you know, like you're going to have an interesting perspective anyway. But having met the dude, he gets so excited about everything new, everything different, everything that's unique to the place he is or what he's doing. He is unabashedly excited about it every single time, regardless of what it is. Oh, and now and we that have a excitement shows in what he produces. And now we have a shift into the prelude. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you it, off there, but yeah, nope, he, his did. his outlook on life. I mean, I'm sure he's he's gone through the time when he was kind of the salary man, you know, the the this these stereotypical Japanese business person who goes through his nine to five and, and did what he needed to in his early life. And then when he found his passion, his calling and started creating all of these different soundtracks for these, you know, monumental games. I mean, he, he didn't do just final fantasy. He's worked on a number of other games and he's still going. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are aware. We talked briefly about uh, the new um, IP coming out from Sakaguchi. It was released recently on iOS. Uh, Fantasian. Oh, is that the one with like the dioramas? Yes. Uematsu did the score for that. <laughs> oh, okay. So if you have an iPhone and have a access to Apple Arcade, let us know how the game is. I'd be interested to find yeah. out. What was it called again? Fantasian. Well, that's right. You do have an iPhone, don't you? Sure do. Oh, Shake's been playing it. How is it? <laughs> You'll have to, we'll have to get you to write something up. It looks beautiful. Very. Yeah, I've seen some screenshots, but I, I, I from what I understand, the screenshots don't do it justice. I remember we reported on it a couple months ago about the handmade dioramas and everything. Yeah, like that alone caught my attention. I'm hoping it gets released on other platforms. I would love to see it available on uh, on PlayStation. <laughs> How much is it on Apple Arcade? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's free. It's free. Like, oh, oh, you have to, but you have to purchase a subscription to Apple Arcade. Yeah, it's the jam. And then you access that you can access whatever content is on it. I think you can get like a free trial or a dollar for your first month kind of thing. Uh, free for a month, yeah. This is kind of the bog standard uh, prelude that we've heard in the last few games, and, and even yeah. into some of the current stuff. But I mean, it's still beautiful. It's a tradition for a reason. Mm -hmm. And once we get through the prelude, um, or not the prelude, that was the main theme. Sorry. <laughs> We got one last little bit here. Two bits, actually. Okay. Because this is going to be ha have some bits from uh, Liberi Fatali. <laughs> Again, a very different 
feel to the um, to the the main theme of Final Fantasy. Kind of brings it back to the more militaristic style that, that we uh, were brought into with the, the whole seed. I can't even quite remember what's happening in the scene at this point. Some of this might be credits. I think so. Because then there's a bit that happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know. I know we don't have time to read through the, uh, the interview that came with the limited edition version of the soundtrack. But mm -hmm. there's some interesting questions in there. We have to... We may revisit that at a later time because it's there's some interesting stuff that's in there. Uh, mm -hmm. You can also go out to, um, uh, where are they? Where to go? I thought, it, oh dang it, I didn't copy paste it. Uh, <laughs> if you go out to uh, FinalFantasy.Fandom.com, yeah, they have a fair amount of the materials from this. Yep, that's actually where I got the information from, so... I'll copy the link here in just a second. Here we go. You can go out and read the interview on your own if you would like. It's at towards the bottom after all the track lists. Definitely a good read. I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's much fun to get some of these insights on it. Yeah, that's why I at least wanted to read uh, the notes from Uematsu himself, because he really presents some interesting perspectives on, on what his mindset was during the time. Like, was it seven that he was in Hawaii? Was it? Or was it that six? Sounds like, I think so. All right, and now this last bit. Or, or was that it? Where'd it go? That's it, bro. Yep. Okay, because they were talking about in, in the, the notes here that there was supposed to be some bits from a, a, a minor sh key shifted prelude. That was that last bit. That wasn't oh, Liberate okay. Fatale. Well, no, they're what, they, they also talked about the central melody of Liber, Liberate Fatale and then the prelude in a yeah, minor that key. that was a bit before. Okay. <laughs> it's in there. Don't I was, worry. Okay, I was just too busy talking about other things, apparently. It happens. <laughs> One last track. The Overture. Which actually plays during the opening credits. Hey, you've got like your kind of military school opening. They put it as the final track of the soundtrack in a similar fashion to the way they did the prelude for the soundtracks of uh, Final Fantasy V and VI. So they're ending where they began. Time loop! 
It's a closed 4D circle. But that, ladies and gentlemen, has been the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack over the last four episodes. Oh, man. I'm going to put on a two-hour loop of eyes on me and sob my eyes out. Like, come on, Torch Song, right there. You do you, boo. But Woo! no. <laughs> I get that a lot for some reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's eight games down that we've gone through now in this podcast. We have a lot of music to look forward to yet. 11, um, 14, both of these <laughs> soundtracks. Like I said, oh. we, we could get entire seasons out of Final Fantasy 11 and 14. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure be. out different ways to handle those. But um, I feel like maybe a greatest hits or like a curated selection yeah, or something. Like I said, I think and they're going to probably wait until after we get through the non-MMO versions of the games. And we also that have to figure out, are we going to do tactics? Because it's not a mainline game. That's so good. It is. It's a very different style. I mean, it kind of ties in with 12. I mean, same musician and Ivalice shit. And in 14, the, they kind of get lumped all together. Does that mean we have to do Crystal Chronicles and your hurdy-gurdies? Also, <laughs> we need to bring we need to bring in Vagrant Story for no other reason than because I want to bring in Vagrant Story anytime there's even a slight connection. <laughs> yeah, I have a great idea. Let's not do tactics. <sighs> and once again, the unsung hero story, unsung heroes story, won't be sung. Wow. Well, there's a reason it's unsung. Duh. <laughs> Cancel culture, fine catches up to the hero of the lion war all right so he, can here's... we cancel waf because the music is very slow in that okay <laughs> programming notes for you guys uh next episode will be our spoiler free impressions of patch 5.5 and we will then the next episode will be more in-depth storyline discussion of the uh dungeon um main scenario quests, things like that. So we're going to take a two-episode break from the from the, uh, um, the the soundtracks and jump into some more Final Fantasy XIV coverage. Um, after that, we will probably jump into Final Fantasy IX. So look forward to that. Oh, man. I have a weird relationship with Nine, but there are some tracks in there I'm really looking forward to. I love Nine. Nine is amazing. Yes. And like I said, every time. Nine is probably my favorite mainline game, honestly. I just love everything that it brought because it took the game. We had gone on a very different path with, with uh, seven and eight, and then Nine brought back the crystals. Yeah, it was definitely a kind of getting back to its roots in a lot of ways, and they explored that in the story as well. Plus, VV is just best boy. Jake oh. says Corona Trigger should be a bonus episode. I agree. <laughs> I Chrono agree. Trigger. Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Maybe. Nope, just Trigger. Mm, Whatever people maybe. say about Chrono Cross, they generally agree that the soundtrack is amazing. That's valid. Game's still dumb. <laughs> It suffered a bit by being a follow-up to Chrono Trigger. 
if on its own merits without the Chrono Trigger connection, it I don't think it would have been panned quite as much. It's kind of like how many people hate Secret of Evermore because they think we didn't get another Secret of Mana game because of it. Not actually true, but the expectations around stuff totally affected it. All right. I like Secret of Evermore. Anything else you Yahoo's want to talk about? Oh, God, I could go for hours, but about this, probably no, not. We get, yeah, I was going to say. For the podcast. When, when we get to shout-outs, yes. Until then, no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Um, well, then, guys, that is going to go ahead and do it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is, because there's a good chance we're out there. And if it's possible, leave us a rating or review. Um, it helps other people find our show and lets us know how we're doing. Um, if you really dig the show, please consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix on radio and join us for a live, uh, um, taping live taping, I guess (laughs) (laughs) the live version of the podcast. Um, you can, uh, you can subscribe here and uh, get access to a number of, uh, subscriber only emotes and badges, um, and just have some fun with it. Otherwise, you can uh, support us out on patreon.com slash Radio, like our benevolent overlord, Aurori Fenrir. Um, and all proceeds we get for that goes towards uh, growing the show, cover hosting costs, allow us to uh, upgrade things for the stream, help me get a PS5 so that we can uh, have some fun on with all this, get those Yahoo's cameras, c- cover the, the, we- the web page, all that fun stuff. So it's very helpful and it's greatly appreciated. So thank you so much. Um, but any kind of support, whether it's likes, emails, tweets, retweets, follows, any of that, it's all greatly appreciated. We just really love interacting with you guys and the rest of the community. If you want to catch up on all the backlog of our podcast, you can go out to our website, www.phoenixdownradio.com. If you have questions, comments, suggestions for show, or you just realize that we are super awesome and you want to say hi, you can email us, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. Um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at PHXDN Radio. And uh, if you want to hit up our Facebook group, you can go out to facebook.com slash group slash phoenixdownradio. Man, people are going to be doing a lot of hitting. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of... Vi- Social media is kind of violent, isn't it? Right? Now I understand why it's such a problem. You're not wrong. <laughs> so who wants to start with uh, shout-outs and uh, contact info? I'm actually going to shout-out um, my roommate, Bannon, who has been super awesome and is leveling up his culinary skills out of game. Uh, which has been very, very, very fun. Uh, shout outs to my buddy Jeff from the FFTCG community, who is currently went seven and zero in the Xanarkand Open Cup today, and is now in top four. Wow! Uh, for tiebreakers, we we were measuring uh, damage dealt versus damage received. Um, he has received seven damage across all seven rounds. And oh he wow! Has- now, mind you, if you take seven damage, you lose. Your seventh damage that you take, you just you lose. He has been dealt seven damage. He has dealt out 49 damage. So he's going seven to one every game. Oh, he has won seven games straight because the seven damage that he's been dealt was not all in one game. That was across right. seven rounds. Like four of it I he did. dealt to himself. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I was going to say, like, is it one per game, or are there games where he's just gone untouched? So he's gone untouched so, a few uh, games. So Fusoya from Final Fantasy IV, uh, the special ability is do damage to yourself and activate whatever EX burst effect if that card has one. There's cards that allow you to pick what the top card of your deck is. So mm. he just puts a card on the top of his deck, activates Fusoya's effect, flips it, and then blows his opponent's board up and wins. That's nice. where he's gotten his damage from today. <laughs> so good job, Jeff. Thank you for representing Western Washington. It's the backlash that he's taking from activating his super move. Exactly. But yeah, he's absolutely just trouncing people. So that has been super fun. So congratulations to him. Uh, my name is Tal's Marvelous. If you want to find me somewhere on social media, uh, you can find me at Marvelous Tofu on Instagram and TikTok, where I post basically nothing ever. But you can find me there and you can message me and send me cool memes and stuff. Memes are good. Oh, once again, there's been a whole lot happening in the last few weeks, and there's so many people I want to shout out that it's hard to make a list. But I'll go ahead and actually shout out Talos for uh, the other night, overcoming some of his fear for a lot of these types of grind fests, and going along for a little trip into Eureka. We spent like, God, how long was it? A couple like three hours? Three hours. Three hours. Just shooting the shit, fighting monsters, uh, talking about all sorts of random stuff. It was just a really nice time. And I got um, to learn things, which was awesome. Yes. Generally, when you hang out with me, you learn things. I don't even it's necessarily true. try to. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually a really fun time for me, too. Like, with everything that's been going on, lots of library programs wrapping up, having a thing where I just get to, like, do something a little bit mindless and uh, shoot the shirt for a little while. It's pretty great. So thank you for that. But then your shirt like is full of holes. Why would you want to do that? Eh... Uh, because if you shoot the thing you traditionally shoot, then you have a lot worse to deal with in fabric. Depends on who's cleaning it up. Oh, be mindful of the work you make for others. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you can, you can find me on Twitter at FF14Sayer. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. Uh... I occasionally post uh, random cool stuff I found at the library or things that I've cooked recently, or I retweet the latest shit post from one of the other lore mongers. They're great folks. Very nice. There's so much shit posting. It's beautiful. It is like one of the highest forms of human expression. Post? Yeah. Dude, they go all the way back to like ancient times. Shit posting is not new, just the name for it. I hate that you're not wrong. Humanity is amazing in many hilarious ways. If by amazing you mean terrible, then yes. Terrifying. No, just terrible. <laughs> and I want to shout out my co-hosts, Sarah and Talas. Thank you so much for uh, joining me again this week. Always having a good time with you guys. Uh, shout out to Aurori for being just an amazing supporter and uh, amazingly supportive person. Um, You're the best, Aurori. Absolutely the thank best. Thank you for being our benevolent overlord. Just thank you for being you because, you know, being able to, you know, just talk with you about random stuff is, is really nice and is very helpful. So thank you. Um, shout out to everybody joining us live at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Down Radio. So I got to throw a shout out to Shake because you're awesome too. Who else do we have hiding in there? Where's my list? My list is everywhere. Is it there? 
Wow, we got a lot of people in here, but it's not showing as many people actually watching, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes it's, uh, things a bit weird. It is. Um, but thank you to everybody who is joining us uh, live. Like I said, we really have a good time doing this for you. Um, and everybody listening on the podcast, thank you so much for your support. Um, do try and join us live sometime at twitch.tv slash Phoenix on radio. It is a lot of fun. Um, and if you want to follow me, you can follow me at F at PHXDN underscore KLAUSS. I used to be at FFXIV underscore Klaus, but I changed it. <laughs> I was falling back in my old, old, old ways. Um, I should have posted the fried rice I made today, mm. but it was so delicious. I just ate it because it was really good. <laughs> You take pictures for the gram until the food is no longer appetizing. Then you oh, toss God. it out and go get some fast food. You've been following oh, man, me on Just One Cookbook for too long. They're both going to murder me for that oh, one. I also have to a little say, bit. I have You're to, not wrong, though. I also have to then throw a shout out to Uncle Roger. <laughs> because he's the reason why I made fried rice today. Because... Watching so many of his videos on YouTube, uh, if you don't follow Mr. Nigel Ong, um, please go search Uncle Roger. You'll find his his channel and you'll understand what we mean. It's amazing. It's the best. I'm, I'm going to show up to the next episode in an orange polo. You know that, right? <laughs> we should all show up in orange polos. Just orange polo, uh, and, one and leg knees, up. Yep. Legs up like yep. this. <laughs> I, I feel like that washes out my skin, like... I have a yellow shirt, and I always look so washed out in it. Why do you wear a red shirt? <laughs> Hi-ya! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Less hi-ya, more fuyo. Anyway, we should get out of here before this gets weird. You're right. Okay, so thank you, everybody, for joining us. For my co-hosts, Sarah Timono, Vertel is Marvelous, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarwanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.